Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, May 10th. Time for Destination Health. Lauren is here with me this morning. I'm going to bring her in right now. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Boy, we have got the the weather over there. Oh, the weather is absolutely stunning here this morning. It's one of my favorite mornings. It was really chilly this morning, almost a little bit of frost, um, but beautiful sunny day. And we're going to get up uh, into the 60s and then we hit 70s and 80s by the end of the week. And the the garden is in full swing. I've got a couple hundred plants that need to get in the ground this week. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we're excited about that. We're excited about the show today. We got a big show. As am I. It is. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we are going to uh, bring on our guest today here right away. We're going to jump right in. This is a project um, the whole team has been working on for a long time. Lisa kind of led this one. She found amazing products and uh, strategies and techniques and some just great information on oral health. This is an area we've been working on a long time, and uh, this is kind of the culmination of all that. Today's show, we'll talk about oral health and uh, why, like so many other areas of health, we just got this so wrong. And there's great systems mm-hmm. out there. This this one we really love. Um, so, you know, without me saying too much more, we are going to bring in our guest. It's Trina Felber. She's the CEO of Primal Life Organics, and I'm going to let her tell you her story. Trina, good morning and welcome to the show. Hi, good morning, and thank you for having me on. I'm wondering where you're at because of how you said you're going to be planting your uh, garden soon. Yeah, so uh, I'm big, big into gardening. It's just uh, in the last couple of years, and it's become almost an obsession. My neighbors are starting to call it a small farm, uh, and it keeps growing. This year, I started in uh, my greenhouse in about the middle of March, uh, and I think I've done about 2,500 plants total, and I've got a couple hundred that need. So Um, I am in the uh, Columbia River Gorge in Oregon, right on the Oregon-Washington border. uh, Beautiful. It is. And we're in this weird little microclimate here. If I go 20 minutes east or west, the weather changes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to mouth off with you guys today and talk about oral health. We're going to mouth off. I love that. No pun intended, right? (laughs) Or pun intended, for (laughs) sure. pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, we we love that. And we're excited about this. This is a project we've been working on a long time. Just to kind of catch you up to speed a little bit, you know, we work primarily with truck drivers and their families. So it started really with the drivers. um, And for years and years, we had worked on business, finance, money, those kind of issues. And then, you know, we started to get a lot of pressure really from our followers that they needed help with health. They were telling us that they had tried everything, you know, that we've been told for years. I I almost designed this show as I was going to start off with all of the 
really bad advice we've had for about five decades over health, low fat, low salt, calories in, calories out. I mean, I could go through so many things we've been so wrong about. And we've found the right way, maybe not the perfect way we're learning all the time, but we get incredible results around diet. And then we moved on to things like digestion, helping people with that, because that's a big problem. And then we moved on to stress and we're working on sleep. And what we normally do in each area is go out and try to find the best resources we can, a person, a company, a product line, whatever it might be, and then partner with them. And occasionally, stress was one of them. We just couldn't find anybody to partner with. Almost everything I found was was kind of off target, wasn't really working. And uh, so I've spent about two years working on stress myself. I'm going to do the same thing with sleep. Uh, oral health was a big one. And I am so glad I didn't have to do this one myself. I'm not sure how I would have. Um, the, the stuff you have developed is is very unique and Again, I, I, we can kind of take the approach of here is another area. How did we get this so wrong? At some point, you almost have to start believing it was intentional. Oh, well, it was. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, I have, I, you know, I, I have um, talked to numerous biological dentists. I've done a, a lot of, you know, shows where I'm in contact with uh, different dentists. And I had one dentist tell me, you know, that they were basically told that um, that at one point they put sugar in toothpaste because they wanted to increase the frequency that people needed to go to the dentist, but they had to have a reason for that. <laughs> so they put sugar in toothpaste so that you would have a cavity that would need to be filled, drilled, and filled. And um, I hate to laugh over that, but I, I I almost can't help myself. I agree. I mean, right? It's. <sighs> I mean, it makes sense that if you want to drum up business, you, you know, you sabotage people's health. That's the easiest way, especially if you've got a product or service, that's the easiest way to drum up more business is to sabotage people's health. And that's what the dental industry has been doing for years. You know, it's no, it's really no different. I don't know why we're surprised. It's no different than creating a $10,000 a year diabetic patient by telling him to eat low fat. Right. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, you know, the problem right now with the products on the market, um, so let me go back, give you a little bit of history about um, myself really yes, quick and how yes. I formulated or discovered the real secret to winning the battle of oral health. And so um, my dental story is pretty unique. My daughter at the age of two had a molar erupt that had a defect in it. We, we didn't know what it was because it was just emerging, you know, from the, from the gum. And so my, we took her to the dentist and the dentist said, Oh, that's a natural cavity. It happens during development in utero. I had no idea that could happen. I'm a registered nurse, had never heard that before. So I was shocked, but uh, he said, so it hers is pretty significant. We'll treat it like a cavity because basically that's what it is. It's just a natural cavity and we'll put a temporary filling in it. And every two to three months, this temporary filling is going to fall out. And every time it does, we'll decide is, do we put another temporary filling in it or do we put a, or do we pull the tooth? And he said, most likely, he goes, it's pretty significant. We're going to need to pull that tooth within a year. So as I was leaving the dentist office, he says, you know, he knew I was upset. He knew that I knew that oral health was extremely important, that every tooth is really connected to a specific organ or organs via meridians. 
And so when you pull that tooth, you lose that communication pathway. And so he says to me, don't worry, mom, we put a temporary filling in it. Now we just hope for the best. And I thought there is no way I'm going to hope for the best. There's a scientific strategy, so, uh, right? Right? Yeah. Just go and don't worry. Hope for the best. Don't change what she's eating. Don't change her dental products. Don't do any. Just hope for the best. So I thought, you know, let me look this up. Let me see if there's anything I can do. And I was astounded to find out that if I continued using the products that I was using on her, then his prediction was going to come true. It would need to be pulled within a year. And so I discovered Dr. Weston A. Price, and he was a dentist in the early 1900s from Cleveland, Ohio, right hey. down the street from me. Hey, Trina. And Trina? He, yeah. I'm going to yes. jump in here and interrupt you real quick for a couple reasons. One, um, both Laura yes. and I are, are FNTPs, and, and the whole NTP program is based on Weston Price's um, research. So, yeah, you guys are familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, we're both very, very familiar. Like I said, the entire NTA curriculum is really built on Weston Price's um, research and strategies. And um, I, I grew up about 40 miles away from Cleveland. Oh, my gosh. Well, you just gave me goosebumps. That's why that's why we were meant to, we've meant to meet. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where are you, by the way? I never checked. We're, we're in... Yeah, we're in Akron, Ohio. Oh, so we're like 30 I, miles south. I, I grew up in Streetsboro. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Our um, facility, we make everything in, it's in Copley, Copley, Ohio, which is right yeah. between Akron and Cleveland. So um, just uh, so, yeah. just kind of an aside, when I first started driving truck, I was still in Ohio. Um, and my route every day was kind of Copley, Medina, all the way down to Worcester. And I covered that area all day long. Yeah. Well, you were in my neck of the woods or I'm in your neck of the woods. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. Had, had, had that been the case now, I might be stopping in and delivering and picking up at your facility. Who knows? I know. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. All and right. I, and I mean, that's just amazing. I, I love that you guys know who Dr. Weston A. Price is. Um, if your listeners don't, then, you know, he was a dentist in the early 1900s. He actually discovered the link between cavities and gum disease. And he discovered that it was sugar. Sugar was the link and went to the ADA and asked if um, they could do um, like research and do um, education so that people would understand to limit sugar. And the ADA said no. And they went the other direction, um, you know, to cause, you know, put the things in there that are more detrimental to your health. So when I started formulating my products, I looked at all his research and discovered like the three takeaways for me from his research was that in order for your mouth to stay healthy, to have a healthy microbiome, which is the good bacteria. If you have healthy bacteria in your mouth, you will not have bad breath. Bad breath is a sign that there's an imbalance and too much of the unhealthy bacteria that causes cavities and gum disease. So um, having a healthy bacteria is dependent on um, an alkaline environment inside the mouth. It's important that you have minerals present. The only way to put minerals back in the teeth as you're losing them every day as you're eating acidic foods and drinking coffee is to make sure that there's minerals present 
and then uh, to detox the tissues of the mouth. So that's how I developed my program. My entire dental program is based off Dr. Weston A. Price. Let, let me ask you something. The whole issue of alkalinity in the body, this is, you know, I've studied it in a lot of different areas. There was and still is a, a lot of snake oil around this topic. Um, and I don't think it's been all that well understood. I know in the body itself, um, we don't really promote any kind of alkaline diet. I've seen them out there before, but we do mention foods that can change the alkalinity of some parts of the body. And the interesting thing is, most of the time, they're really acidic foods. Does that not work that way in the mouth? Correct. In the mouth, if there's acid, during an acidic environment. So there's there's a couple ways that the mouth becomes acidic. First, it's the foods that we're eating and almost everything is acidic. I mean, if you think of everything outside of like your vegetables, almost everything is more acidic by nature. So you've right. got your coffee, your tea, your red, your red meat, you know, that kind of stuff, processed foods. Um, the other way is because of the, the sugar in the foods. Um, the sugar feeds the bacteria that um, creates the acid. So that's the other piece of it is the bacteria itself uh, will just create an acidic environment. It's like cancer. Cancer cells, when they die, they explode and release acid yeah. into the environment, which then allows other cancer cells to grow and it kills off good cells. So it's basically the same thing inside your mouth. And But the mouth is easy. Like if you're talking about like a spot in the body where there's a, you know, cancer right. or, you know, an acidic pr process going on, it's harder to target that, but inside your mouth, it's super easy because it's right there. Uh, you know, you just have to change what we're using, um, change maybe a couple different, you know, um, habits and maybe even change your diet. It, it, it stems from a lot of different things. Um, obviously you need to have a healthy gut. You need to have a healthy, um, saliva production. You need to have a healthy immune system. All of those things need to come into play as well. But if you're, Brushing with the wrong stuff, you are going to promote cavities and gum disease. That That's, I, I want to stick on that point for a little bit. You know, one of the things that we love about our tribe, we've been doing this for eight or nine years now, a lot of our tribe has covered all the bases. They've got a good, healthy immune system. Their metabolism is healthy now. And and like I said, we just keep moving on to the next thing we can tackle. And, and this is a a big one, knowing that the real key here, and this isn't much different from the rest of the body, we know a huge key to our health and our immune system is our gut microbiome. Um, we know that Correct. part of our skin health is our skin microbiome. Um, you know, the book, one of my favorite books was called 10% Human because when you look at our body, right. we're 90% bacteria, macrophages, you know, yeast, all kinds of other living things that aren't human. I, and, I say that I ahead. say we are a, a vehicle to transport bacteria. That's exactly. all our bodies are. Because we're like we, walking like bacteria, bacteria, bacteria containers. Bacteria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh -huh. It's We're just taking out. bacteria from one place to the next. Yeah, it's turning out that this <laughs> is really key to our health. And it makes sense. If 90% of our body isn't human, it's bacteria, then our health is 90% affected by that or, or some, you know, yeah. number close to that. 
And so it's not surprising mm-hmm. now that I've learned this, that the key to oral health is bacteria. And then you look at the system and you think, okay, this had to be intentional. We've got pre-rinses that kill bacteria. And then you're going to brush with a toxic toothpaste. And then you're going to rinse after that with the nuclear version of, you know, we're going to just wipe out all (laughs) the bacteria in the mouth. And we know what happens when you do that. It's going to get repopulated primarily with bad bacteria. Right. Right. 100%. It's like taking an antibiotic. So I always say that uh, brushing your mouth with like what you're describing, the chemical toothpaste, the toxic mouthwashes made with alcohol and all the bad stuff, peroxides and pre-rinses and things like that. It's like taking an antibiotic twice a day for life and expecting to have uh, not have like diarrhea of the mouth, which would be leaky gum syndrome. The leaky gut, leaky gut actually, I believe leaky gut actually starts inside the mouth as leaky gum syndrome. And the, the bacteria weakens the tissue, the gum tissue causes it to become inflamed. And then that's how bacteria and fungus and all sorts of things can get into the body. And there's a direct link between your oral health, especially your gum health, and the internal health. Heart disease is directly linked to oral health. Infertility, as well as preterm labor, is directly linked to oral health. In fact, the baby, baby's oral health is directly linked to mom's oral health because they have discovered that the bacteria from mom's mouth will be in the baby's mouth um, after delivery and can affect um, the baby's obviously developing teeth as well as um, gum, gum health. And, and brain health as well. Every system is related to um, the health of the mouth. And that's why the mouth is so important. It, it really does make sense, um, especially now everything we know about this. And then when, again, when you look at the system, everything about it was designed to wipe out all the bacteria. It's just awful. Um, yeah. While we're there, let's, yeah. let's move on to one more thing. Um, what are your thoughts on fluoride? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I do not, I don't use fluoride. My kids have never had fluoride. My kids are, uh, my daughter's going to be 15 this summer and my boys are going to be 13 this summer. I have twin boys. And between the three of them, other than the original tooth that my daughter had that came in with a right. natural cavity, the three of them have zero cavities between them. So I think we, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, um, they've it, never, they've never had a fluoride rinse. Exactly. And fluoride's a toxin. It's horrible for our brain health. The idea that they put it in our water is disgusting. It's something that your body has struggles to get rid of too. It's not easy. Like these, these types of chemicals that they're putting in products, and it's not just dental products and skincare as well, but these types of things, even food, they're forever chemicals. They're hard for your body to get rid of them. And then your body stores them in places that, you become toxic overload, like in your fat tissue, in your brain tissue, in your organ tissue. And then it's really difficult to get those toxins to mobilize and get rid of them. So that's why it's super important to make sure that you're using clean products. Um, I just had a thought. One of the things we like to do here on the show, we've had hundreds of practitioners on with us over the years, really, really intelligent people in their area. 
Um, one of the areas I'm wondering if you've explored on the mouth, because I just don't see it anywhere else, uh, but I, you just triggered it when you said we're storing things in the body. Some of those chemicals, by the way, actually come from the food itself. One of them that explored a little bit, we actually did a, a mini series on this and we talked about the mouth, um, oxalates. Oxalic acid, um, our body stores it. Mm -hmm. it. It's a toxic chemical to us, even though it's in a lot of foods, mostly vegetables. Um, some vegetables are crazy high in it, way more than we should ever be eating. Um, and we talked about how the body has to store these oxalates and the problems they cause. And it starts in our brain. We, we did this thing where we started at the brain and worked all the way down to our toes. You know, what are all the things that this oxalate buildup can uh, impact? And we did this with um, Sally K. Norton. She wrote the book Toxic Superfoods, and it's all about oxalates. And it, it, according to her, the oxalates are causing oral issues as well. Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't surprise me, primarily because it's the domino effect. Right. Um, you know, if you are in good health, your body is meant to detox daily. It's meant to be able to remove things that it, it are not supposed to be there. Fluoride is one of them. Like it, the only re reason people are, have fluoride in their body or babies, I should say, the only way babies are born with fluoride is if they got it from their mom because their mom has it in their body. Yeah. Otherwise, as humans, we really should not have fluoride in our body. It's not normal. In fact, the original study that they did that showed fluoride helped strengthen the enamel is buried because they, as, the, as the study went on, they discovered that wasn't true, but they didn't want the public to know that wasn't true, so they buried the research. So you, you can't even find the original that, study. That story is so <laughs> common. You know, all these yeah. things, it, it, it's so ironic that the research they tell us about and point to, and nobody goes back to, to read the original, they read conclusions and, and other things. But many times the, the giant heart study uh, they did in New England, I just forgot the name of it, it went on for decades and that was the one they used to tell us, oh, my God, cholesterol is going to kill you and you can't eat eggs anymore and you better take a statin. <laughs> if you go look at the research, the conclusion was exactly the opposite. Right. It's yeah. like it's, and so the sad thing that it, it's they put it right in our face. Oh, look, here's our research. If you could read the research, it would prove that they're wrong. And yet they just they've been promoting right. that for decades. Well, you still go to the dentist office and they're offering you all the tubes of the sea toothpaste that causes cavities. Like even uh, some biological dentists still offer the, the raw type of dental products. And most dentists, like, you know, the, in the dental community, they're not being taught how to heal a cavity. In fact, you know, when I do posts on Instagram and Facebook about healing a cavity, it just happened last week. I did a post about how to heal a cavity and it was a dental hygienist. It's usually a hygienist. I love you guys. I love the dental hygienist because they bring this point up and they always tell me this is misinformation. Please understand you cannot heal a cavity. And they try and tell my people different. And I turn around and my answer to them is you are 100% correct. And you are 100% wrong. It just depends on what you're using to heal the cavity. 
if you continue using the product that you're giving your clients, you will never heal a cavity, which is why you believe you can never heal a cavity. You've never seen a cavity heal because what you're giving them is misinformation, wrong products, and you're not changing the environment inside their mouth. I have healed thousands of cavities. I have healed cavities that actually needed root canals. But it's all about the environment inside the mouth, changing that environment, putting the minerals there that can be there and making sure that the solution and what you're using is alkaline. It's simple. It's a simple switch, but they're 100% right and they're 100% wrong. It's all about what you're doing. It's your practice and it's what you're using. So Trina, I have to tell you when um, Lisa brought me all of the research she had done on you and I started looking at it, the thing that grabbed my attention the most like I, I never even thought about this, never thought it would be possible because nobody else has ever talked about it, was this idea that you could heal a cavity. And when you went through the idea of yeah. bone and how we heal bone, and it, it all started to make sense. But it, it's still hard to get over, you know, five decades of being told this, you, you can't heal cavities. What are you, insane? But you've said it, you, you do it all the time. Yeah. Well, the definition of insanity, I just told this to someone earlier today, is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting to get different results. Yeah. I Uh, mean, and that's what our dental industry has been doing over and over and over for decades and telling us you can't, you can't heal a cavity. We can heal the cavity. Come drill, fill and build. We'll get, we'll get you healed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you this question though, because um, as a a former truck driver doing what I do. I've heard this so many times, it makes me a little crazy. Actually, I just kind of laugh it off, but I have to wonder how many times you've heard, but you're not a dentist. (laughs) No, I say, I say I'm a nurse anesthetist. I can put you to sleep. Um, No, I'm not a dentist. (laughs) Is that a threat? (laughs) (laughs) No, I can put you, I can wake you up too if I want. (laughs) If I want, yeah. Um, Yeah. No, you know what? You know what I love about being a nurse and being in the dental community is that I don't have the perspective of you are a mouth. I have a perspective as a nurse that you are a person that has a mouth that is connected to every organ in your body. And that is the difference between, I mean, I love dentists. Don't get me wrong. I love cardiologists. I love orthopedic surgeons. I love your, you know, every practitioner. But unfortunately, they get tunnel vision and they only see your mouth and they don't see past that. Now, some biological dentists are really great and they do. They actually do like connect the mouth with all all systems. But on average, the average dentist, you come in, they never ask you what you're brushing with. They never ask you what your diet is. They never ask you what supplements you're taking. They never do an internal exam. They never check the structure of your 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 jaw and your face. Um, none of that, none of that gets done. They might take an x-ray, but then again, it's just about the mouth. It doesn't go beyond that. So for me as a nurse, my goal is, um, cause I, I've been in the hospital setting. I, I am no longer there, but I, I worked, breathed the hospital setting, worked night shift for years, worked weekends and holidays. You guys know, you, you guys put in long hours as truckers, um, I want to keep you out of the hospital. And one of the best ways to keep people healthy and keep them out of the hospital is improving their oral health. I have a great story about, um, I was a nurse in um, Pennsylvania at the time. And I was just in a medical surgical ward working night shift. And there was a young woman, she was in her twenties. 
uh, mid twenties. And I came on one night and she was just screaming like a wild animal. And it was so sad. Nobody could figure out how, what was wrong with her. She was what we would call septic. She had a, a, an infection that was overwhelming and was not really communicating with us anymore, but just screaming in pain. It took about three days for some, uh, one of the doctors or, or uh, it might've been a resident to suggest that an oral doctor, a dentist come in and see her. Uh, they, they noticed that her mouth didn't look so healthy. So the dentist came in and, um, took one look, he did whatever he did, and he discovered that she had an abscess in her mouth. And he put her on an antibiotic. Within 24 hours, that woman was comprehensive. She was talking to us, and it completely changed overall health. It completely allowed them to then be able to treat her. That was her whole problem, is that wow. she had an abscess that got so bad. So, and nobody could figure it out, and she's screaming. Like, like I, I kid you not, like a wild animal, it was horrific to listen to and not be able to figure out what the problem was. So me as a nurse, you know, that impacted me knowing that that woman would have been, never would have had that situation. How many people don't get that far, just don't realize that the problems that are breeding inside of their mouth actually leach into their system. It's going to cause, it's going to cause diabetes, going to cause heart disease, high blood pressure, even Alzheimer's down the road, all sorts of issues. So that's my biggest um, my biggest difference between a dentist and being a nurse taking care of your mouth is that I look at the big picture. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you mentioned all the practitioners and, and I'm very, very critical of our medical system. I won't call it a health care system. It's not. It's a sick care system or our conventional um, medical system. And I don't blame the practitioners. I blame the system. The system itself is broken. But at some point, at some point, this information is out there as a physician in any specialty. You have to come across this stuff at some point. And I know the statistics are that after we learn something um, in a medical field, it can actually take more than a decade even when it's absolutely proven, it's accepted, it takes about a decade plus for that to actually... 20 get, years. Get, 20? Is that right? Oh. 20 years for them to implement it in practice. <laughs> wow. I believe it. I, I believe it. So mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. it, it's the system. It, it's not the people in the system. But at some point, I'm not sure how long they can keep using that as an excuse. I, I get it. 10 years ago, you couldn't find this information anywhere. I mean, you had to dig really deep. But in the last 10 years, a yeah. lot of this has come out. Um, one of our regular guests on the show, and he's become a good friend of mine, uh, is a cardiologist. And his father was a cardiologist, and his life was about cardiology. And, and he made um, the admission on the air, and I, I respect him tremendously for it. He said, Kevin, look, I spent the first part of my life killing people slowly. He said, it wasn't my intention. I never meant to do that. I yeah. became a doctor because I want to help people. He said, but it finally dawned on me. I was killing them. And he said, I, I hope I have enough time left that I can make up for it. And now he's, he's, he's still a cardiologist, wow. completely natural. His wife is an amazing chiropractor and they're just doing amazing things. But I, I can't imagine what it was like to come to that realization and think about you know, your father doing this all those years, you doing this all those years, but then to be brave enough to admit it and do something about it is just, in my mind, incredible. 
Yeah, that's really amazing. And you just, the hope is that other practitioners will realize that too. Um, just with what's out there. And, you know, the internet helps, shows like yours help because the more that we educate the consumer, the more that we can refuse to totally believe. And I'm not saying, you know, don't go to your doctor, don't go to your dentist, don't believe what they're telling you, but make oh, I, more. I say that quite a bit. Yeah. I, I One actually, of the things I teach my, my. Yeah. I was going to say I, I, I've changed. I used to be that way too. I was a little, you know, softer on that approach. I tell people now do whatever you have to do to get out of our com- conventional medical system, unless you have trauma. Yeah. I, I tend to be a fairly regular visitor to the emergency room, you know, accidents, mm-hmm. broken bones, cuts. Uh, I, I'm pretty active in a lot of different things. So I, I, love our trauma system. I think they're amazing for things like that. And, but, but for everyday health, I tell people constantly fire your doctor. I don't have a doctor. I haven't really had a doctor since I was a kid. When, when I get that question all the time, who's your doctor? What do you mean? Who's my doctor? I, if I need somebody, I'll go find somebody. I don't have a doctor and I don't think anybody should honestly. I, I agree. I'm the same way. And, you know, one of the things I teach my, my customers is that, you know, you'll, you'll switch your dial products to my products. You'll go in for your next checkup. Your checkup will be the best checkup you've ever had. You won't have any plaque. Your gums will be looking healthy. Your teeth look great. Um, and then your dentist, you know, they'll praise you and then they'll ask you what you're doing and you'll tell them what you're using and they'll tell you, oh, you can't use that. You can't use that. You need to use this. That's going to ruin your That's going to ruin your mouth. Literally, that's what the dentist will tell them. Because I, I only said that because I got so many emails from people saying, I tell my dentist what I'm using. And they tell me I can't use it. And I'm not sure what to do. And I said, well, how was your checkup? They're like, it's the best checkup I ever had. Then use your brain. Like, you know. Don't Trina, listen to what they're telling you. Listen to what, right? Trina, we're, <laughs> we're, all, we're all laughing because this happens over and over and over. We deal with truck drivers. 400 pounds for us is not unheard of. We, we deal with that all the time. Yeah. 300 pounds is really common. And we have people who have lost 200 pounds. A hundred pounds is is kind of common for a loss around here. It's not that big of a deal anymore. We get those testimonials every week. And yet when they go to their doctor, it's the exact same story. They walk in and the doctor's amazed. Like, what are you doing? You look incredible. (laughs) Every, everything has gotten better. And then the doctor said, first off, the doctor's sometimes try to take credit for it. Oh, look, our mm-hmm. medications are working amazingly. I think we've got it <laughs> dialed in. And our client will look at right. them and go, what medications? I'm not taking them anymore. Then the doctor's confused. <laughs> then when he says, well, what have you done? And the person looks at him and says, well, I only eat animal products. I'm carnivore. I'm keto. I'm ketovore. The the next thing out of the doctor's mouth is you're going to kill yourself. You're going to give yourself a heart attack. You're, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, do, do they not? Do they can't? Can they not reflect on that moment and say, "How could I look at the person and say this is the best you've ever looked?" But then two I, minutes later, tell them this is a mistake. C- can they not reconcile that? 
you know, that's to be determined. I think that, uh, you know, my hope is that the younger generation of practitioners that are coming out there have been exposed to enough of the natural side of life. Um, natural, you know, because even if your parents aren't bought into the natural, a lot, you get, kids get exposure from the internet now. And then at some point, in some way, kids are being exposed um, to a better uh, alternative, I guess it would say, alternative. So my hope is that, you know, and that's probably literally why it takes 20 years, to be honest with you, because it takes that generation to get in and take over and go, no, that's that's not right. This, This is what I've seen. That's a good point, and I want to be hopeful too, but if we look, yes, there is this natural, holistic, functional movement that's growing, and that's awesome. There's also a huge movement towards fake meat and veganism, which is awful. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not going to help. That's not going to help health at all. Right. That's going to cause more health issues down the road. Yeah. And I know. And and honestly... I, I, I am very, very active all over social media, our own sites, many of the others. And I honestly think the younger generation right now tends to lean far more towards veganism than anything else. Yeah, I know. And the studies show that, um, you know, long-term effects of that are detrimental. It's awful. They're very detrimental. Yeah, ab- absolutely but Your body needs... Yeah, there are certain nutrients that your body needs. And, you know, the human body was designed in a way that it has to have nutrients from multiple sources. And, and, so, and another big concern on plants that, that we've discovered over the last decade are the, the we group them together as anti-nutrients, but they're, they're compounds in plants that are absolutely not good for us. They're, they are the chemical defenses of the plants themselves. They're designed to be toxic. Plants don't want to be eaten. Right. It's like everything else on the planet. No, but nothing wants to die. So these plants, they can't run away. They can't fight back like a, an animal could. They have chemical defenses. We're, we're not supposed to be eating a lot of these plants. Uh, oxalates are one well, issue. Well, it's we've funny because. Phytates, lectins. Yeah, and it's, it's funny because I created, um, like during the whole hand sanitizer debacle, you yeah. know, three years ago when you get hand sanitizer, pay an arm and a leg for hand sanitizer. Everybody's rushing to make alcohol-based hand sanitizer. And I'm like, don't. That's the worst thing you can do. It's going to kill your good bacteria, which is going to then make you get sicker. Yeah. So I um, created it's what I what I ended up doing is creating. It's called Handitizer, and it's made with the essential oils from plants. And my same reasoning is what you just said: is that plants have to live in an environment where they have to defend themselves against everything. They have to defend themselves against bugs, bacteria, yeah. fungus pollution, radiation, you name it, a plant has to be able to defend itself. So we take the essence of the plant, which is the essential oil, and we, that's what we're using to help you keep yourself healthy without polluting, you know, your body. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Our approach to this has changed over the years as we learn more and more. Our, Our take on this now is animal products are our food. 
the more animal products we eat, the healthier people become. We've watched this over and over and over. The plants are our medicine. They're powerful medicine if you know right. how to use them. And just like any medicine, you, you better not overdo them. They're not meant for food. Right. They're, they're not meant to sustain us, but they are very useful as medicine. And, and some of that might be medicine that you take regularly, but you got to get the amounts right. And you, you have to understand this, that not all vegetables are the same, not even close. And it, it, we really believe now that animal products are our food and plants really are more like medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it totally makes sense, um, especially when you know, like what we were talking about with the plants and how they have to be able to defend themselves and survive. It's survival of the fittest yeah. as a human and a plant or whatever, animal, everything. It's always survival of the fittest. Exactly. So you have to be smart. You have to be smarter than the person that's, I, you know, you're, you're the prey. You, you know, you have to be smarter than your uh, whoever's hunting you, whether it's, you know, the medical system yeah. because they want you in their system. They want you on your, on their drugs. They want you taking their, you know, their issues and making them worse, you know, or if it's, you know, a healthy atmosphere, you know, yes. it's, it's all about choices that we make. And the more that we as people talk and the more that we listen to things that we might not necessarily believe, just like my dental, you know, when I talk about healing cavities or, you know, gum, healing gum recession, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, at first, people are like, no, you can't, you know, there's no, I, my dentist says no. But the more that they listen and they understand the science or the theory behind it, then um, that's when you can change behavior. That's when you can change people's minds. So I think it's all in our approach. And we just have to, we just have to keep, you know, fighting the fight and yeah, and yeah. making sure that people are aware that they have choices. Absolutely. So um, we've got about 15 minutes left in the hour. Um, I, I think we've established that, and, and I knew this, I think the tribe can kind of see it now. You're a really good fit for what we do. Um, all the things we've learned about health in our body and how wrong some things were applies to our, to our mouth. No different, you know, different issues, but the same kind of problems that the people we've trusted our whole life to take care of our mouth have been taking care of their bank account instead. And, and I mean that, and, and it's no right. different with doctors. And they, they might not realize how much damage they're doing, but they are. The system is completely broken. So what I'd like you to do now um, is kind of walk us through your system your products and, and why you formulated them the way you did, because I, I'm, I absolutely love the quality and the formulation and, and all the attention to detail. So could you kind of walk us through the system of the products? Yeah. For, um, I do create a kit. Um, it's called the dental detox kit. I love and it, by the it's way. Oh, pretty I much. Have, I have a funny story yeah. about that. So, um, <laughs> One of the things we do, we, we, we go out research when we've got a new area we want to learn. We try to find the absolute best. Normally what I do when we find a company like yours or a person like yours and you've got the products, we normally don't reach out to the company. I just go buy the products and we start using them ourselves. And, and I don't want the company involved at that point. 
And then once we find, and we'll, we'll test multiple systems or multiple companies, um, sometimes this takes a year or more. Uh, and, and when we find one we like, then we reach out to them. So when I went to your website and ordered the stuff, I don't know, I, I was doing something else at the time and I think I got confused, but I, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but I think I ended up with like 20 kits. I, I don't oh, no. know what I was doing when I ordered, but we have a lot of kits here at the house, so I don't need any for a while. Um, but I can remember when Lisa opened it, she's pulling it out and she's going, what did you order? And I'm like, well, I ordered kits. And I, so um, we'll, we'll make sure that, uh, um, and that was my fault more than anything, but I thought it was kind of funny. We have a lot of kits and I, well, I love them. Well, so continue telling us what it's all about. They, they do make good Christmas presents too. So there you if go. you have them, yeah. you can give them a Christmas present. Um, but yeah, the detox kit was put together. It's a little toolkit for the mouth. It's everything that you need. I, I tell people, get rid of everything else you're using. The problem with mixing my products with other brands, even if it's a natural brand, is that most companies don't know, know how to formulate products correctly. Most uh, companies have a chemist and a lab formulating their products, whereas I formulate all of my own products. And the way I do it is intentional with the end result. Uh, my end result for you is to have strong teeth that are cavity resistant because we put the minerals that your teeth naturally had in them back in them and that your bacteria is healthy and we can help stop gum recession and reverse it if possible. So I have in the kit, it's a morning and a nighttime tooth powder. I always start people on powder. I love the powder because it's literally paste without the, the liquid whatever liquids and most companies use water, just tap water. They use other um, ingredients, chemicals, and things like that, fillers. But it's the paste without the water, which basically means for my product, all you're getting is the good stuff. It's very concentrated minerals. It's alkaline, and it's going to support the good bacteria, and it's going to very quickly be able to put the minerals back in your teeth because the, the uh, powder is alkaline. There's baking soda in there. It's going to be alkaline. When your mouth is acidic, as I started telling, I think I mentioned this earlier, minerals leave your teeth. So when you're drinking your coffee, as the coffee is going over your teeth or whatever you're eating is or chewing, minerals will leave your teeth when it's acidic. But during an alkaline environment, such as when you're brushing with my tooth powder, as long as it's got minerals present in the ion form, the form of minerals is very important too, then the minerals will go back and plug those holes back up. So that's why I like the paste or the powder bed, um, to start people out with. After you've done the 60 days, you can switch to paste. Go ahead. I, I love the powder, by the way. I'm not sure that I would ever switch to paste unless you tell me there's some reason to, but I, I really like the powders. Uh, I've looked at this in, in other products and toothpaste is one of them. This whole idea of foaming and sudsing and bubbles. What a joke. It does nothing. Right. But somehow... It kills your bacteria. Somehow we think that if a product doesn't suds up or bubble, that there's something wrong with it. And it's the exact opposite. Yeah. That was a marketing thing, nothing else. Totally. Totally a marketing thing. Yeah. 
In fact, a lot of people tell me that if they run out of the cheese powder and then they have to go buy something, they can't believe how horrible it is to have foam in their mouth again. Yeah. It makes them bad. It's almost like we get addicted to that, though. I remember the first time I tried a a tooth product that didn't foam up. I'm like, this stuff doesn't work. Look, it's not working. What's going on? We're so brainwashed into that. Right. And the powder, the powder in the kit comes with a morning and nighttime. So the nighttime is our same formula, but we add charcoal to it. Many people and many brands use charcoal and charcoal alone, but charcoal doesn't, it's it's not going to have the minerals in it. The same thing with baking soda. A lot of people brush with straight baking soda. It's okay as a a short term, like if you run out of the tooth powder, it's okay to use baking soda for a short term, but long term, you don't want to use just charcoal or just baking soda because it has no minerals in it. So you're not going to be able to replace the minerals. It's basically down the road, you still end up up with a cavity. Yeah. And then in the kit, you also get our gumdrops. Our gumdrops are so famous because they replace mouthwash. They actually do better than mouthwash because they restore the good bacteria. And they're using the power of plants to increase blood flow, reduce inflammation in the gum tissue, and ultimately freshen your breath. Your breath will feel fresher, but primarily long-term, it's because we've restored the good bacteria inside your mouth. You can you know, pretty much kiss morning breath goodbye um, you know, that usually takes about one to two weeks, people say, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I wake up and I don't have morning breath anymore. So it's just the combination of the tooth powder and using the gumdrops. The gumdrops are easy. It's one or two drops on your finger, rub them on your gums right after you're done brushing and um, it, it'll soak in and feel really good. And then the tongue scraper, we, you know, we give you a tongue scraper in the kit. The tongue scraper is copper. It will last forever. I actually have a woman who does a lot of like hiking and traveling. And she said she carries her tongue scraper like throughout the day. She just stops and scrapes her tongue. She just says it's, she feels like it's the best thing for health. And I do too. I don't scrape my tongue all day long, but I do it in the morning and at night and it removes that bacteria coating on your tongue. One of the things that people do wrong is they'll do everything else right. They'll switch to the tooth powder, the gumdrops, and then they don't scrape their tongue. And then all day, every day, that bacteria is sitting on the tongue creating acid, which then reduces the efficiency of everything else that you're doing. So it is important to at least once a day wipe off that uh, bacteria layer. So, you know, the the gumdrops, I want to go back to them. They are amazing, by the way. I absolutely love those. Awesome play on words. And here's another example of plants as medicine. Yep. 100%. Yeah, I love That's that. How many, times, how many times do you have to scrape your tongue, would you say, in a given, you know, you know, pro, like program? Like, like if you're sitting there brushing your teeth and doing all that, how many times do you actually scrape your tongue? I'm curious. I, you know, I typically just three. I do one straight down the center and then I do one slightly off to the left and one slightly off to the right. Sometimes I'll follow it back up with one down the center. But, um, and I tell people like, cause you know, I just had somebody recently say, I can't scrape my tongue. I tried and I gag and I gag and it's gross. And I said, just don't go back as far. It doesn't matter. Like, okay, get what you can get and be happy with that. And over time you might be able to go back a little bit further, but if you're gagging, you're going too far and then you're not going to do it at all. So just don't go as far back. Just stick your tongue out naturally and swipe. And that's all you have to do. It's easy. And it takes like, it adds like less than 10 seconds to your routine. Literally. Yeah. I totally agree. What about the, the powder? How do you recommend getting the powder on the brush? Is there like a technique that's better than another? 
So what I typically recommend and what I've done, been doing for 10 or 12 years now, um, I wet my toothbrush. I just shake it. Just do a quick little shake. You know, you just want to get the excess water off. And then I just dip it right in the powder. The powder, what you know, powder is, um, it's only, it's only going to stick, enough is going to stick that there's dampness. So whatever is not sticking, you don't need. And when it sticks, it's literally a dusting on your brush compared to what we're used to with the big gallop of toothpaste. It's a dusting on your brush and then you brush with it. The nice thing about clay and the powder is that nothing grows in clay. Bacteria won't grow in clay. Fungus won't grow in clay. Virus won't grow in clay. So the clay is very, um, it's self-cleansing. Nothing's going to grow. So re-dipping, that's what people say is, I don't want to re-dip. I've never had an issue. In fact, I've shared because I had little kids a lot for a long time. We would just dip in the same one and you know, we've never had any issues, but most people will use one container for themselves and they just dip and, um, and, and it's as simple as that. Got it. Okay. That's helpful. Cause I was wondering, do you try to kind of pat it on there? So just a little bit gets on there. And then I was thinking that could be a mess. I would drop the whole thing. But yeah. Really easy. Some people that really don't want to dip will take a tiny spoon, like a little, um, almost like a oh, yeah. spoon. And they'll just sprinkle it on. You just hold your brush right over. Yeah, just dust it on. You know, people have done that. I've toyed around with different types of containers, but really the best is a jar dipping. Everything else just makes a powdery mess, you know. So it's just as simple as dipping or just using a small utensil, a soup of some sort, and dusting it on. Awesome. Okay. I'm so excited to get mine. (laughs) I ordered it. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm super excited. And the other, there's two other things that come in the kit. There's a toothbrush. Oh, actually three. Toothbrush that is bamboo. It's a manual toothbrush made of bamboo, so it's very sustainable. And the bristles are infused with charcoal. A lot of brushes out there have a black bristle, and most of them are just colored black. Ours is black because it actually has charcoal in teeth, which means it's going to help pull toxins out of your teeth and gums a little bit better, and it's also going to help whiten your teeth as you're brushing them a little bit better. Then our dental floss is also in there, and the handle is made from cornstarch, so it's more environmentally healthy, and um, the floss itself is made from bamboo, and it's got a slight mint. You can't really taste the mint, but it's got a little mint in there for antibacterial health between the teeth. One of my pro tips is to put a drop of your gumdrops on your finger and then put that on the string. And then when you're flossing, you're going to be flossing the gumdrops between your teeth. I'll tell you, you've never felt a clean mouth until you've done that. Like that is a game changer. And then that's also going to help the gum tissue between the teeth be healthier and stronger. And then we also, um, as long as we have a good supply, which we have been able to lately, is um, we throw in a free little sample of our deodorant because most people struggle with finding a natural deodorant that works. And the Mm -hmm. way, of course, I'm a nurse, the way I formulated our deodorant is to allow you to sweat, help reduce your sweating because we detox your pit tissue. And because it's a color, so my deodorant goes on with a light color. It has um, zinc oxide in it. 
when you swipe it on, you really only need like two to three swipes and then you massage it until the color goes away. Massaging it in is going to allow it to thin out and become powdery. And it's also going to drain your lymph nodes. And as health conscious people, I know that you guys know that if you're not draining your lymph nodes, that toxic fluid just sits there. So by doing a quick pit, deep massage by massaging your deodorant in you're actually getting rid of toxic fluid every single day that's a lot very cool thank you for sharing that yeah so that's the kit that's our detox kit honestly with the the natural deodorant my biggest concern is because i don't mind sweating i completely agree i think sweating is an important you know thing to happen um but i seem to get a rash after i've been using them for a long period of time Oh, you want to know why? I can debunk that really quick for you. <laughs> well, but, I love that. <laughs> natural deodorants. Here's the problem. Most natural deodorants use baking soda. Baking soda um, kills bacteria. I mean, that's one of the reasons that it's in my it's in the cheese powders that it helps to kill the bad bacteria. It's alkaline. What it does under your armpit, your arm, like think about your arms, your arms are down, it's dark, it's moist, it breeds bacteria. That, when you're putting on a baking soda deodorant, that baking soda is literally causing a burn under your arm. Baking soda changes the pH and causes an actual contact burn. Some people actually get a really deep, a good, not like a first degree burn under their armpit. So I don't use baking soda because of that. Most companies think more is better. They put way too much baking soda in. It's better to omit it altogether. There's better alternatives. I use um, cornstarch. We use clay. Clay is um, better because it's going to pull toxins out. And then I use zinc oxide because zinc oxide does not do anything with pH. It doesn't change the pH. And it kills uh, or it converts short fatty acids that live under your armpit, which also stink to zinc salt and zinc salt is odorless so i attack odor differently than most companies and so you're also going to be rash free because there's no baking soda oh my gosh okay i have it in my cart i'm going to get some there you go (laughs) awesome we are at the end of the hour, so I always want to respect that when we book somebody's time for the hour. Um, anything else you want to talk about today? And if you have time, do you want to open up some phone lines and see if we get some questions? Yeah, I mean, if you guys have some questions, I probably have about 15 or 20 minutes. I can hang out with you guys. Um I can't think of anything other than, you know, just letting everybody know that, you know, first of all, bad breath is not normal and we should not have bad breath. If you have bad breath, that's an indication that your body is trying to tell you that there's too much of the bad bacteria. It's an easy fix and that you are not stuck just like anything. You're not stuck with your oral health the way it is right now. It's it's fixable. It's 100% is fixable. Not saying you're never going to have a cavity and never going to need a filling, you know, depending on where you are right now. But um, everything is is fixable and everything can can change. Absolutely. And, you know, the the one really nice thing I like about what you've put together is what you just talked about. It's a system. Everything's in the box. Get, get the kit. It's all in there. It all makes sense. You and I, you mostly, we could spend all day on the science. On why. And I think you did a really good job of covering it. And, you know, it's it's about the, the microbiome again in our mouth. And I, I think you've taken 
a very complicated area and made it really simple. And that's what we love about this. You know, one of, I, I don't often say things that are quotable, but I, I think I did come up with one. I like it anyway. It, when we talk about the human body, it is unbelievably complex. I mean, you can take one function mm-hmm. in the body and there are tens of thousands of functions. The liver alone uh, performs over 500 functions. I, you start to look at things like a Krebs cycle. It is so unbelievably complicated and there's so many areas. And it was getting overwhelming for me in the beginning. And then I came to this realization and, and I think you've encapsulated this in your system. The human body is unbelievably complex. Like we still don't even understand most of it. And yet the owner's manual for a healthy human being should be one page. Right. It's overcomplicated. We really have overcomplicated health. And I I think you've really done an excellent job of, of doing that with oral health. You've taken something, you know, the science behind it. You had to, to be able to develop all this. And it's complicated science. We could spend a week on this stuff. But what you've done is you've taken all that and, and you had to know all that to do this, but you've made it so simple that the people using it don't need to know any of it. Just trust again that we got the right system this time. We're we're getting pretty good at this. So I, I'm really excited that we're launching this today. Yay, I am too. I'm super excited. My whole goal is just to help people who feel better. Like I want you as you get older to be able to enjoy, you know, the things that you wanted to enjoy when you retired instead of retiring and having to fill your calendar with doctor's appointments and tests and lab draws and all that stuff that really, if we take care of ourselves when we're younger, we can easily avoid that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. The good news is we are learning all of these things and it's making incredible changes in people's health and Again, I keep saying it, but uh, I'm really excited that we're uh, wrapping this one up and launching it today. Let's um, let's grab a call because I know you, you've got a limited amount of time here. Let's go uh, north of the border to Alberta. Ben, welcome to the program. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Hey, uh, I, I, I was at the biological dentist a couple months back, and I got two mercury fillings removed. And uh, she was checking out my my jaws when I open and close them. Um, well, first she recommended a mouth guard to me, and I was just gonna get your thoughts on it. Uh, she she thinks I'm clenching while I'm sleeping. And what do you, what are your thoughts? Is a mouth guard a pretty good solution for that? I I can't necessarily comment on you specifically because I I can't see you, I can't treat you, but I can tell you that um, that is common for people to um, clench while they're sleeping. And TMJ is, you know, part of that. And that mouth guards historically have been used to help treat that. I also tell people to try and do tongue exercises. That's another thing, you know, Googling tongue exercises. We don't realize it, but our tongue is a muscle that actually pretty much goes from tongue to tail. Like literally it's a muscle that is connected to our pelvic floor all the way up. 
And your tongue placement inside your mouth actually dictates head placement, your head uh, posture, and it also dictates the the um, shape of your jaw. So a lot of times the reason Katrina, that people end uh, up having these, yes. I, I yeah. want to jump in real quick. I hate to keep interrupting you, but um, one of the other areas that no, did good. a ton of research on um, as part of the stress protocol I was working on was breathing. Um, specific forms of yeah, breathing, that was, yeah, like yeah. Wim Hof breathing, but also just our daily breathing. And I discovered I was a horrible breather. Um, and a lot of it goes back to Weston A. Price and the size of our jaws and the size of our sinuses. And um, I have yep. very, very small jaw, small sinuses. Uh, so I did a lot of work on breathing and tongue placement is very important for breathing all day long as well. Right. Yeah, tongue placement is important. So even, you know, whether or not you decide to do a, um, a device um, to prevent clenching while you're sleeping, I would definitely do, like um, like Captain was saying, um, breathing exercises as well as um, tongue strengthening exercises. And those, both of those things are really important. Yeah, I really don't have issues with breathing during the day, my, my tongue is on the roof of my mouth. Uh, but when I go to sleep, depending which side I lay on, my sinus tends to, to, to make me breathe through my mouth. So that, that's one of the issues I'm having once I go to sleep, once I lay down it. Um, Trina, I have a question. For mouth breathers, yeah. especially when they sleep, that would lead to a lot of drying out of the mouth. That's really hard on the good bacteria, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It can be. And that's why some people uh, do tape the mouth. Right. We've talked about that. So mouth taping is a, yeah, is a good, it's a good solution. Um, I, I have done it occasionally. I'm not really a mouth breather, but I wanted to test it and try it. Um, I also believe that, you know, if you, if you strengthen your neck muscles, strengthen your tongue and do certain types of exercises, you can change your sleeping breathing patterns. Um, and by that, I mean, change the airway so that you don't breathe through your mouth, but that takes time. It's just dedication to doing certain exercises and things. Right. Yeah, that's true. Cause before, before I started listening to you, Kevin, I was like, I was way worse than this, but, but most of the days, most of the time you think, I think about it during the day and, my mouth is always, I'm a nose breather during the day, but I guess for some reason, once I lay down and fall asleep, I just tend to start breathing through my mouth and I'm just learning that. You know, there are some other things too. You know, I personally get the same congestion on one side if I lay on my side. So I'm a back sleeper, which really, really helps. And another thing is, if you are a back sleeper, you don't want to have a really fluffy pillow that really put, you know, puts your, your kind of your chin down to your chest. Cause what that does is it closes that, that airway as well. So you can't really get the, the, all the benefits from nose breathing. If you have a big pillow as well, just some other. Yeah. And there's some good pillows out there that support the neck. Like they are contoured um, to support the neck for back for back sleepers as well. So that would be something else to look into. Yeah. Okay. So what are your thoughts on cavity filling 
which uh, which cavity fillings uh, do you recommend? Um, there's more natural fillings, and by that I mean that like anything that doesn't have the metal. Believe it or not, there are still some dentists using mercury. Uh, it blows my mind. Um, but there's more um, better composite fillings. And if you're going to a biological dentist, chances are really good that they're using a good composite filling. Um, but if you're going to a regular dentist, I would really inquire what type of um, composite or what type of filling they're putting in. Because there are some dentists still using mercury and other things that are not good. All right. Well, the first thing I noticed uh, going to the dentist, they scraped off my teeth. They took the bacteria. I've never, ever seen that, ever. And they put it under a microscope, and they showed everything to me, and they explained everything, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Yes, and that's what—that's the difference between a biological dentist. Most, A lot of biological dentists will do that. They, they are able to test the bacteria and even look at the shapes of the bacteria and know what you're more at risk for. So that's, that's really important. The nice thing about brushing with clay and alkaline um, products like my dirty mouth tooth powder is that it's going to help to get rid of that bacteria. And um, hopefully down the road, your, your dental product, your dental checkups will be better. And if they do the, the bacteria test, you'll always have bacteria. So it's not like you're ever, your goal is zero you're always going to have bacteria but the goal is to limit the, the really bad bacteria and only have you know have a smaller number of bacteria because then your body can manage that and make sure that they're not harming you yeah okay i really appreciate it thank you uh keep up the good work i'll let yeah, someone else absolutely all right thanks for the call ben um trina we also use uh a very special form of bentonite clay we get from a, a awesome company called Enviromedica uh, for detox baths. It's the mag yeah. highly magnetic and, and actually pulls heavy metals and toxins right out in the bath. It's an awesome detox product. Yeah, and um, I, I love that. And there's actually been studies done with autistic children and, and, and clay baths to help remove um, heavy metals because a lot of yeah. question about autism and heavy metal toxicity. But I do ingest, I, I ingest bentonite clay um, usually one to two days a month at the beginning of the month. I'll just put a teaspoon in my water and I drink it before I go to bed. You have to make sure it's food grade. That's the only caveat yes. is just making sure you're using food grade um, clay if you're going to ingest it. But um, clay baths and, you know, mud, like if you go to a spa, they use clay mud mask. Same, same idea. Is it, Clay is so good yeah. at pulling out toxins. It really is. That, um, it, to me, it's one of the best, one of the best ingredients to, to use. So I use it for a lot of stuff. I use it for a lot of my products. Excellent. All right, Trina, it's been such a great show. Uh, before we let you go, can we commit to get you to come back and we'll just do a Q&A session? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. We will, uh, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll get that done pretty quickly. Cause I'd like to follow up. I, I, when we launch this today, I know there are going to be a lot of new people using your products and I think, you know, a couple of weeks and, and I think we could do a great Q and A yeah. show. That would be amazing. I would love to hear from you guys and hear from people. 
Fantastic. We will awesome. uh, we will get working on that. Lauren, any anything you want to close with Trina on? No, Trina, thank you so much. I really enjoyed today's conversation. And I also look forward to trying some of your other products that, that you mentioned and um, look forward to having you back on the show. Yeah, awesome. And let me know if you guys have any questions or anything comes up. Um, as far as questions that, you know, people are asking you guys and you need an answer right away, just reach out to my team and we can get an Perfect. answer for you guys. Will do. All right, Trina, we're going to let you get on with your day and uh, we'll look forward to getting you back soon. Thank you guys. Have a great day. All right. You Take well. care. All right. Uh, the kits are in the store. This is so simple. You just buy a kit or multiple kits Buy 20 like I did. Uh, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm all set, though. I don't have to worry about reordering for a long time because uh, each kit lasts yeah. quite a while. You get two of the tooth powders because you have the morning, the remineralizing, and then the evening, which is also remineralizing, but adds the charcoal for some detox and some other things. I think the charcoal is actually partially whitening, too. It's probably the um, the grit of it. That is whitening. So um, it's simple. You buy the kit, you use it. The instructions are so clear. You have a morning routine and a night routine, really easy to follow, and you will start to see results quickly. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, we've got some calls and questions. We had to let uh, Trina go, but uh, I think I can probably answer these. And if not, we'll pass them along and we will get answers. And uh, Trina and... Primal Life are now part of the team here. So we'll be hearing more a lot, a lot more from her. And we now have that resource if we do have questions. Brandy, welcome. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, you forgot the most important thing, the one you've been teasing all along, the red light therapy. No, I didn't forget it. And it's not the most important thing. We're not, I, I'm not. Well, I wanted to know. Well, I, I, and I'll talk about why we're not launching that right now. They're two totally okay. separate approaches. So I really want to test this mouth routine morning and night for a couple of months first. Myself and as much of the tribe as possible, we'll reintroduce that later. I want to separate those two so we can see the different results. Okay. So I'm not using it. That's why we're that's, not launching yeah. it. When, after I've done this routine okay. consistently, for a couple more months for me, then we'll probably move on to that. Okay. Well, that was why I was so interested, but okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and you know, if we think about it, uh, remember, I, I like to keep things as real and natural as possible. And it's not that it, it's not natural, but it's, I, like I said, it's so different than the kit, the daily routine that I really want to separate these and be able to document results separate on these. So we're going to wait a couple months on that. Let's uh, let's go to Arizona. Harold, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Lauren. Just wanted to, uh, uh, I went and had my teeth cleaned the other day. I've been using the same lady for about 35 years. And since I've been eating much less grains, she said, my gum receding has be gotten better. You know how they 
check the little, uh, I don't know what you call it, but they put that little pick in there and oh, check yeah. the depth of your gum Correct. to your teeth. Right. <laughs> Mine reversed itself. That's in. She's that's been awesome. doing this 35 years. She's never seen it happen. I believe that. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 I was shocked. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, You're helping um, my teeth, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I Help my business, my business and my teeth. <laughs> yeah, well, good. I, I, I first learned about this issue from Dr. Mercola, uh, interestingly enough, and then really started to dive deeper into that, the, the grain issue on oral health. He was pretty big on that. Um, the one thing that you just reminded me of, and I, I didn't make a lot of notes this morning, maybe I should have. One of the topics I wanted to talk to her about, we'll talk to her when she comes back. Uh, I'm confident I know what her answers are going to be anyway. The other thing that Dr. Mercola claims was the single biggest change in his oral health and it fits with everything Trina just talked about when he added a lot of fermented foods to his diet. His oral health improved tremendously. The plaque buildup went away. He said he used to have such horrible plaque, he had to go to the dentist constantly to get it cleaned. And he said when he added Mine a lot was of way <laughs> fermented foods, the plaque virtually went away. And it's, that's exactly what Trina's whole approach is. She said everything about the mouth is bacteria. And when we eat fermented foods, what's the first thing in our body it touches? Our mouth. My plaque on my bottom teeth in the right in front of where my tongue goes is always extremely heavy. And this time she worked on it about a quarter of the amount of time that she usually does. Those yeah. back of the two front teeth there, yeah. that's the worst spot. But the only thing I've been eating that's fermented really is pickles, I guess. I buy and, jars of pickles and eat them a, a quite a bit. Well, let, let's think about this. It might only be one food, but prior to that, you were eating zero foods that had good bacteria. Mm, probably, yes. Interesting side effect of your diet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, I, question. I got a question. I've been using Tom's uh, toothpaste, you know, the one out Maine out of Maine there. And, and I used to use, uh, you know, the other brands, Aquafresh, all that stuff. But I don't know if the Tom's has less of what you're talking about. But when I was a kid, we used to use the Colgate toothpaste when I, and it didn't foam much. No, it was a little gritty. I remember that. But we would just pour it in our hand and, and dip right. in water and get it in the mouth that way. Right. And that, that it, because it was Colgate and a national brand, I'm sure it had fluoride in it. It had other chemicals in it. Yeah. They, they did leave this, out This one, was before. Which, which are the surfactants. And that's what causes the foaming, but it also kills bacteria in a bad way. Well, this... This would have been in the early fifties, Kevin, when you weren't oh. you weren't on the planet yet. So right. I doubt if they had fluoride in it at that point. That's been a recent thing, I I believe. You, you, you might be I'm right. not hundred yeah, percent sure. We were talking about that long ago. Um, so the, well, the, I'm an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The powder idea is good, but it's just one factor. There may be powders out on the market that aren't healthy at all. There's there's more than one factor that goes into that. She talked about you know what's used. I'm that, I'm that sure. Time. Yeah. 
Interesting. I'm going to order that from you. <laughs> uh, the, the kit is incredible, really is. I was when, when I got to see this stuff and did the research and started using it, I, I was just blown away at what an amazing job she did formulating all this. Very cool. Good. Very, get mine. <laughs> Keep adding to your repertoire there. You're doing good for all of us. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I, I have to give credit to the team. I, I do my part, but uh, uh, we've got an incredible team that's getting really good at this. Um, oh, that call just dropped out of nowhere. Um, let's go to California. Tony, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, oh, Tony, before hi, we get started, I, I uh, want to uh, let everybody know yeah. um, we're on to the free for all portion of the show today. I mean, we can keep talking about oral health and the products. That's fine. But we can also take questions on anything you want. So um, we are this is the last call on the board. And that's very common when we get a guest, especially a really interesting guest. Oh, okay. um, the phone lines go pretty quiet. So we're here. We'll stay. We'll take questions. It is a health free for all for now. So, Tony, go ahead. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I was kind of shocked I got right on because, like I said, I was listening to your interview there. But uh, and actually, the reason I'm calling is not on the dental issue. I was listening to Dr. McCullough's uh, podcast on Sunday, and he had a uh, couple of in- interesting guests that were. Uh, shoot, can't think of the exact name of it, but it was, they called uh, Hospital Hostage. Yes. Dot com. Mm-hmm something like that and they were talking about having they had come up with a format from a uh uh shoot what is the exact term of it something like it uh not a letter of attempt but permission of of care something like that that you could mail to your you know hospital administrators or whatever so that when you're admitted you know, the format has everything on there that you say that you do not want them to do. And then they have to abide, that, abide by that because it's in written form and you send it to their, you know, hospital administrator and have copies to give to the doctor and say, you know, hand it to the doctor and say, hey, look, uh, you know, this has been given to your hospital administrator. You know, it, and you can put whatever you want on there. You don't want the vaccine. You don't want blood transfusions because they're afraid of, you know, having, you know, uh, a blood transfusion that's been contaminated with the vaccine and stuff like that. Yeah, this. Just uh, wondering I, if you, you you were familiar with that. Yeah, I am. I've watched the video and I, I've read um, Dr. Okay. Mercola's opinions about this before, and I'm a big believer in this, and it it eventually is going to become a project. We may even reach out to Dr. Mercola on this one. I, I uh, Dr. Mercola has never been on the show, but I did get him to agree to be on the show a couple of years ago. So I, I'll probably reach back out to him. I met him down in um, San Diego at, uh, which conference was that? I don't remember. But I met him and actually got to spend quite a bit of time with him. I, we were at a dinner event after in the evening and uh, we talked about him coming on the show and his schedule and our schedule. So I, I may reach back out to him specifically on this topic. And, you know, we had an incident here that uh, just still makes me crazy to this day. It feels like some sort of a failure for me, but I don't know why. Um, one of our tribe members, and actually I had a, a small business partnership with him. Um, 
it was the the fleet at Landstar that we would occasionally bring David on and talk about his operation. And he helped train new drivers. And if they wanted to become owner operators, he would help train them. And it was a great program. Uh, David never got on board with the health stuff. His choice, you know, he, he heard it. He knew it. We had talked about it a couple of times. Um, he just never made it a priority and he wasn't horribly unhealthy, but he was overweight and he was starting to get some blood sugar issues. And, um, I also knew his wife really well rose and she called me and said, um, both David and I got COVID and this was right in the middle of it, the, the worst of it, um, when people were dying and she said, what do we do? And I said, we've got a kit. We worked with a doctor. These are prescription medications um, we'll put you in touch with the doctor. We'll get you two kits shipped right out. You got to start taking this stuff now. We're going to overnight it and you got to start taking this stuff and it works. And do not go to the emergency room. And um, Rose started taking it and David really didn't. He had just never bought into the whole health thing. And a couple of days later, she called me and she said, David's in the emergency room. He, he couldn't breathe this morning. I thought he was going to die. We had to call an ambulance. And I said, Rose, I, I don't know what to tell you, but you've got to right now, you've got to go down to them and tell them you want him to continue taking this kit or start taking it. They would not allow the stuff into the hospital. Right. Absolutely would not. I said, Rose, no matter what, do not let them put him on a ventilator. A couple of days later, he's on a ventilator. David died. It's just awful. And I don't believe it was necessary. He should have never died. Yep, I agree with you. It was poor care, and the the hospital refused every recommendation we tried to make. Absolutely refused, would not do it, would not allow. I, I told Rose, sneak it into the hospital and give it to him. And by that time, he, he had gone so far downhill, and they were putting him on the ventilator, and I, I was just... I, I was beside myself. I didn't know what to do. And it is so helpless when you can't get him out of the hospital and they won't do what you're asking them to do. That's criminal, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, just about the whole system, you know, with the medical system, with the uh, food system, a agriculture and yep. the food. The last last couple of weeks I read, well, I listened to um the Big Fat Surprise. Great book. Uh, We've had... Um, yeah, book by... I don't know if you were listening uh, then, but a couple Salatin. of years we had Nina Ty Schultz on that wrote that book. Hmm. I, I don't I don't know if I uh, listened to that. But uh, yeah, then, then I also listened to uh, uh, Joel Salatin's This Ain't Normal. Oh, I love that and book. And then another... Yeah. And then another one was uh, uh, salt, sugar, and fat. Oh, yep. Those are I, last last couple of weeks. I listened to those three things, and because of that, I think I have to double down on my cardiacal uh, a cardio miracle right now because those three things really got my blood pressure up. <laughs> you know, you just you Listening just said how something that I've been trying to get across to people for a long time. I, I I've said that I I believe the reason we've had so much success here far more than most other practitioners, really, um, is because of the daily repetition of this, the 
We're constantly saying the same things, getting the same questions, covering the same material, getting the testimonials about how it really works. Um, the other thing people ask me, because I've talked about how strict I am with grains and, and a lot of this stuff, how do I stay that strict? And you just hit it. I listen to this stuff constantly. I read, I listen all the time, every day. Yep. Very seldom does a day go by that I don't do some reading on this. And it's always in the front of my mind. It's not that I have some incredible amount of willpower. I don't. It's just when you read this, when you're submersed and surrounded by this stuff all the time, it's it's painfully obvious this is how we should live. Yeah. And, and don't listen to anything that they're telling us, you know, media, doctors, you know, FDA, whoever, CDC, um, whatever they say, I'm doing the opposite. Yeah, really. I mean, that might not work 100% of the time, but it comes pretty damn close. Yep, I agree. I'm with you on that one. I I could get into the the whole medical system that had, you know, what you were talking about with David. I had something... Uh, it wasn't over COVID, but same thing, uh, you know, doctors not doing what needed to be done. And my brother died. Yeah. So it, it, it is one would, of the leading would, causes he, of death in the United States. Medical mistakes. Yeah. It, yeah well, this wasn't a mis- Well, it get, yeah, I guess it was a mistake, but what she did, she, my brother had cancer and he lost his thyroid because of the radiation treatment. And so he was on medication that because he, he didn't have his thyroid, had to take this me- medication daily. Correct. You, you have know, to take to compensate for the fact that he, yeah. that it. Yeah. yeah that what you no have to take when you lose your thyroid is you have to take thyroid hormone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, well, he wasn't working and he ran out and he didn't have, have any medical insurance or whatever, but he had been uh, going in and getting his medication Sometimes, you know, from a doctor, I think from my parents or whatever, introduce him. So, but so he was getting his medication that way. But then that doctor left and a new doctor came in and she goes, no, I'm not going to give you any medication until you take all these tests. He said, I can't take all those tests. I don't have any insurance or anything. He goes, well, unless you take these tests, I'm not going to prescribe, you know, renew your medication. So he went with like a couple of weeks. That issue, that issue, we can blame a little bit on the medical system because they do make a lot of money running tests. But the bigger issue, we have to blame the attorneys on that one. Doctors, uh, doctors are terrified of medical malpractice lawsuits and their insurance rates go through the roof and they will run every test they can think of so that they can say, look, I checked everything. Yeah. Well, we've been on a medication for 10 years. Yeah. So, I know it's a, it's but, a but horribly anyway, so, broken system. Yep. It is. So yeah, he, he went a couple of weeks without having his medication and he was getting really sick. I, I was, I swung through town a, a week before he died and I looked at him. I was like, damn dude, you're oh, yeah. right. It's, it, it's, and he, and he was, he was like, he, he really couldn't understand what I was saying. He just kind of looked at me with uh a blank look like, huh? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. And um, that was on a, that was on a, on a Monday and that Saturday morning he was dead. 
Yeah, I believe it. Thyroid's pretty important. Because his body had just shut down. Hormones are incredibly powerful. That's why I don't believe we should be messing with them. But uh, the medical system thinks different. (laughs) Tony, thanks for bringing up the, um, the hospital admission and the paperwork and the legalities around that. Um, it is on our list. It's one of the things at some point we're going to come back to. And uh, I probably will try to work with Dr. Mercola on that one. Let's go to Wisconsin. Tammy, welcome to the program. Hello. What can we help you with today? Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, Kevin. Say, what I'm calling about is I was reading um, the article from Dr. Mercola where he had um interviewed um, Brian uh, Brian Richards, the founder of Sauna Space. He was talking about near-infrared um, light therapy and uh, far-infrared light therapy and the difference between the two. And my question is, um, you have the My High blanket on your um, website, and I believe that you research stuff out very well. So I'm... Um, is that more of a, it seems like that's more of a far infrared. And if it so, um, yeah, no, okay. this is a, a so great, he was talking about, this is a great question. He was talking and, about actually that when you have the far infrared, that it can be more of the, like the EMF, like the, it maybe doesn't have as much as the magnetic side of it, but it has more of the electronic, the electrical side of it, which can do, you know, damage again to the nervous system. So what are your thoughts on that? Could you um, share? Yes. So I'm looking something up real quick here. So, uh, Lauren, while I look this up, it only take me yeah. maybe a minute. Uh, is there anything at all you want to address on this while I look this up real quick? I don't know specifically about, you know, that specific blanket and the EMS. Um, I know that sauna space specifically, the company that is in the store with their, um, Wait, is it is is Sauna Space the blanket, Kevin? That yeah. no, no, that's my attack. No, no, no. Sauna Space. Oh, We're actually working with both companies. Yeah. Sauna Space and My High. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Sauna Space is the yeah. Light, my so high is I, the blanket. That's right. Um, so I'm not sure about My High. I know that Sauna Space goes to great lengths and to you know to to be very um, conscious of EMS. Each one of their lights has a Faraday. Oh, yeah. covering on it um and they even have a grounding kind of tool on the electrical part of it but in terms of the blanket that i cannot speak to unfortunately yeah i want to make the best educated you know purchase and stuff too and i was looking at well their their saunas are very nice i mean they're they're pricey though they're six thousand dollars and that's what i was trying to figure out um which is the best way to go yeah. to get that really so- good detox so um, let me detox effects and the light therapy. Yeah, let me Go address ahead. it. And and this is an area I spent a lot of time and thought on um, the what I was looking for. And I just I can't get into my system. So I have somebody on the team to look it up for me. I'm about 90 percent sure we have Brian Richards coming on the show soon. Uh, Brian and I have talking okay. several times. Um, wait a minute. We had him on the show. I was going to say, well, yeah, we had Brian on the yeah. show already. That, that's why I'm confused. I was trying yeah. to figure out when he was coming on. He's already been on. And, and Brian and I have had many conversations off the air. I'm working pretty closely with him. Um, here's the decision that we made on this. Near infrared is our best option. 
And that's why we love the the lights from Sauna Space. They are the the best blend of near infrared and red light, and they do amazing work cutting down EMFs. It is expensive, there's no doubt, and it is priced way out of the range for a lot of people. And until mm-hmm. we work out easier ways to make them work in the truck, which is the project we're working on together, two projects, one, an easy way to be able to use right. the light while you're driving, a single light, the photon right. light, and a, a kit to convert the sleeper into a full-blown infrared sauna. Hands down, that would be the best right. system available if you can afford it. If you can afford it. Mm-hmm. The reason we have the My High Blanket and I still use it is just the convenience factor in the truck. I've done the research on is this causing damage or not. I don't believe that it is. I don't believe that it's the best form of infrared light, but I mm-hmm. nobody may. And I, I want to talk to Brian about this as well. We've, we've been covering so many topics. I haven't got to this one yet. I, I don't think you can build a blanket that would have the best light available. Um, Nobody has yet. We've looked all over. I do want to talk to Brian about it. Um, We chose the blanket because it works so well in the truck. There is a benefit there, a huge Mm -hmm. detox benefit. When we can sweat like that, uh, we know that part of the problem with, with far infrared, which is what the blanket is, is that water can block far infrared. Technically, far infrared mm-hmm. should be able to penetrate deeper, but it can't because it gets blocked by the water in our cells. So it turns out on the human mm-hmm. body, near infrared is deeper. But we can test this. If we sweat, we're getting detox. It doesn't matter if it's infrared, traditional sauna, hot water, any, any heat that causes us to sweat creates the detox effect. And the blanket does penetrate far deeper than a traditional sauna or hot water. I, I've done the testing and, and you get a, a clear detox benefit. We may not be getting all the light benefits that, that we can get out of the sauna space, but that's why this is one area where we have partnered with two companies in the same field. We almost never do that, but we did in this case because I like both products if you're in the truck. And if you can only afford mm-hmm. one, the My High is far more affordable than the Sauna Space products. Right. So yeah, it's a lot why. less. It, it's sure. a good it's question. Um, you've done the research and, and I had to do the same yeah. stuff. And I we made that decision early on that the blanket was better than nothing. And, and actually, the blanket for a lot of people has, mm-hmm. has really been beneficial. So we're still a big believer in the blanket. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I going back to my question is just, I want to know about the electrical fields that are, you know, cause that's what he had Mercola said that, well, actually Brian Richards had said in the interview was um, about that those levels are higher. So right. it's like, so how do they, you know, like what tests does my high do on those to like, you know, to you make can, it safe that they can really claim that it is buy, a low, you know, EMF. You can buy devices to measure EMFs. It's not that complicated. Yeah, yeah, he said that on there too. Yes, you can. Right. So yeah, my high one of uh, there's a lot of factors that go into us choosing a company. Um, with the blankets, there mm-hmm. were ten that we looked at on the market, mm-hmm. and my high does more work to keep their EMFs down than all of the other nine we looked at. 
We do know that in these blankets, okay. it is kind of an issue. But here's the thing, and I don't, I don't want to pile on on this, mm-hmm. but the average person is so mm-hmm. surrounded by EMFs all day long that it, oh, unless you're sure. going to work to, to minimize them all, this little bit you're going to get out of this blanket really isn't that big of a deal. Now, if somebody said, look, see, that's what I, I want to know. Yeah, I've done everything. I am. Um, see, I don't believe I'm all that sensitive to EMFs. I, I can be around them a lot. And I, I don't notice things that I'm not saying it's not hurting me. I know it is. But that's part of modern life. I mean, how can I I couldn't do my job. I, I would love right. to go, you know, start a regenerative small farm myself and stay away from this stuff all day and all night. And at some point I will, that will probably be my retirement. But right now it, it's impossible for me to avoid EMFs. They're everywhere and, and mm-hmm. they have to be because of a lot of what I do. I stare at a screen all day for research. It's the only way I could do it. So it, it's a compromise I have to make. And, and because of that, it, working on little bits of EMF here, really, here and there just isn't going to matter. Gotcha. You know, it would be similar gotcha. to saying... <laughs> Um, you know, when I tell people, if you're going to be grain free, you have to be grain free, any small amount of it and, mm-hmm. and the negative um, impact starts to happen. It's kind of like EMFs. If you could be completely free of them, it would be awesome. It's almost impossible. Yeah. In today's society, absolutely. So yeah, we do the sure. best we can, One other we question to, I have- you know, go with the products that have worked on it as much as possible. But I've made the decision myself that the trade-off of some of those EMFs are worth it for the benefits I'm getting. Okay. Well, that's why I wanted to hear it from you. <laughs> so I knew what I was doing, making a good educated decision Yeah, and what it, to it, purchase. And I look forward. It, it's one of those areas we I look could forward argue to getting back, the other and, part back and forth all day long. There are plenty of very intelligent people who believe 5G is killing us. I'm not sure I buy into that one yet, but I, I also won't say it's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that Europe is outlawed. It's so that's what I mean. It, so there, there's, I there's a lot of yeah. controversy around five. There's a lot of stuff. Exactly. There is. There really is. So I have one more question and sure. I just thank you so much for answering that question for me. And I just, one more question. Um, I love my garden. And this year in the fall, I went and put in like four inches of oak and maple leaves on my garden Excellent. and along with compost and stuff like that. So it's just sitting, it's, I'm in Wisconsin, so it's just beginning to get um, nice. <laughs> so, yes. And uh, I, you know, it's, do I, I know the no-till thing, but how do I then mix that into the soil or I don't even worry about it? I just put my plants, I just so dig a hole and put my plant in the ground and let there, it rip. There's two approaches to this, and I actually think that I have chosen the less effective approach. Not that it's not effective, but I I think there is a better way. So if you wanted to work it into the soil, which is what I do, I use a very small, a very small electric tiller that I absolutely love. And I really, you shouldn't call it a tiller. It's more of a cultivator. It doesn't go deep enough to be considered tilling. You know, we can stay in that first four to six inches where we can mix that soil and work it without really tilling and destroying the structure under it. It, It's when we go too deep. So it won't mess up with the mycelium? 
Correct. That it won't, won't mess up it, with the mycelium. We're not going deep enough okay. to really disturb that structure and all of those other things like you okay. said, the mycelium. And for me, the reason I do it, it looks neat. I mean, that that's all it is. I, I just like the way freshly worked soil looks. But I've also studied a lot yep. of farms where they don't do that. They leave all the kind of litter, leaf litter, if they use straw, and I, yeah. I'll leave straw in my my beds a lot, my fields. Um, but then when I go to plant them, I move the straw. I got nice, clean, work dirt. I, I just like the looks of it. That's all it is. I do think the okay. system of leaving the debris in your fields and just moving it aside when you plant is actually better. I just It just feels mm -hmm. kind of messy to me. And, and, you know, I'm pretty happy with my yields and the way everything grows. If I wanted to maximize yields, I would probably switch to just leaving it all on the ground and working around it. So don't disturb it or, or to, to um, cultivate it like what you said. I, I do believe of the two, that's probably better. I choose to cultivate. I just like the way the looks of it. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I'm dealing with the vine borer too that destroys my um, all of my squashes. Um, do you have any remedies for that? I've been dealing with this for six years. I finally figured out what it was, and it causes um, a huge I, canker at I the root. I don't, but I have a source that I can okay. really quickly. Um, the reason sure. I don't have sure. a natural remedy for this is because I've never experienced it. Um, the, the things I oh, right. deal with here. Oh, by the way, I just said a couple of days ago, I, I, the one pest that I had a problem with last year and couldn't find a good natural solution was slugs. I actually found one. I was in the farm oh. store yesterday Your beer? and I usually ignore these products okay. because they look like chemicals and they were in the chemical okay. plant section, but I looked over, it's called sluggo. I looked over it. It's organic. It's just iron <laughs> phosphate. And it's just a, it's granules. You, you kind of surround the base of the plant with the granules. And if they try to crawl through it, the iron phosphate, and I think there's some bacteria in there too, a real little bit. I think the iron phosphate and the bacteria kill them. And, but it's completely organic. Oh, nice. Iron phosphate exists in our soil already. We're just putting a small concentrated spot of it there. So that was a good find. Um, I don't deal with uh, I deal with aphids and those are easy to take care of. Uh, ladybugs do it every time. Um, buy a bunch of ladybugs, hmm. create some ladybug homes in the garden and turn them loose. During the growing season, I have ladybugs on subscription. I get a new delivery of ladybugs every two weeks. Because what will happen, they do their job so well, they eat all the aphids. There's no food left for them in the garden and they leave. And then the aphids, oh, nice. yeah, and then the aphids start to come back again. And if you wait for the the ladybugs to come back and find all the aphids, a lot of times they've already done too much damage to the plants. So I just have ladybugs hmm. on subscription delivered every two weeks. The other thing I deal with, where do you are, get that? Uh, Naturesgoodguys.com. <laughs> they sell all kinds of <laughs> bugs, and I, okay. I use that an army okay. of bugs to get rid of other problems. Nice. So I have cabbage worms. Those are bad around here. So if you ever see those little white moths flying around your garden, those are cabbage moths. I do. They, and oh, interesting. when try I that first used to cabbage. watch them, I would watch them for like an hour. And I'd be like, they're not doing any damage. They barely land on the plants. They're not eating anything. 
what's the what's the issue here? Well, I didn't realize they kind of like bounce off the plants every time they're bouncing their ass on the plant and dropping eggs. Oh, sure. They're oh. die bombing it. Yeah, sure. I didn't realize that. What that? But then what happens is a couple of days later, all of a sudden your plants are being eaten. And if you dig down in there and cabbage is hard because they're down in between all the leaves, there will be cabbage worms in there. Oh. And if you let them grow, oh, wow. they will destroy the plant in days. So what I use oh, for wow. two strategies there, um, one, mm-hmm. I plant dill around all my brassicas, because that's where you get cabbage worms, cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, um, any of the mustard plants, Brussels sprouts. If you plant dill around them, the dill attracts wasps that will eat the cabbage worms. That's one way. There's also another tiny little wasp that's so small you can't see it. I buy a little tiny card and it's got thousands and tens of thousands of eggs for these tiny little microscopic wasps. What they do is they find those cabbage worms in the plants and they lay their eggs inside the cabbage worm and it kills them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's incredible. What kind of wasp is that? What all these bugs can do. Now, I like I said, I've never dealt with um, squash vine borers. And I, I grow a lot of yeah. pumpkins and loofahs and but i've never had this problem um here would be my best and this is actually made by the same company that i'm um i believe this same company bt that i i get the uh sluggo from so what this is okay um it's bacillus thuringiensis i probably butchered that but um this is a a bacteria. So totally natural for, it won't harm us, won't harm the plants, but this specific bacteria is really bad for those, um, those bugs, the worms that we're trying to get rid of. So that's, that's, that would be my first choice. I would try that and see how effective that is in your case. Uh, that comes from the company Aslego, you said? I believe it's the same company that, well, let me go look. There's a link here. Because it's hard to find that, um, well, is it organic? Yeah. Like what you found, yeah, Sluggo so is organic. This is the same company that I use. It's Monterey BT. Let me see if this one's actually organic. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is actually mm-hmm. organic. It is? Yep. Oh, perfect. Wow. Yep. Oh, so awesome. I would try that first. And Completely that's natural. BT. It's just bacteria. I really like that approach. Some of the other approaches yeah. you can use are physical. So like row covers, okay. um, yellow sticky yep. traps. You know, these are just physical ways of either blocking the bug or trapping the bug. Um, here is another one though. Um, and this comes from the okay. site that I've, I've learned all this stuff so far. Parasitic wasps, another wasp. Oh, wow. And it does the same thing. It lays its eggs on the inside of the in, the bug or the larvae. And then that their eggs feed off of that and kill it. And then you end up with more good wasps anyway. What website is this that you're referring to, to Kevin? Um, I'm going to spell it. It's drecampbell.com. Now, this one was was specifically about um, vine borers. Oh, okay. Uh, And is that the... um, 
site that you used, you said you had you reference that on a lot of your um, techniques and gardening and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, this, this is one of them. Here. This this is an interesting guys. one. Uh, Utilizing trap crops as companion plants will help draw the pests away from your main crop. Now, this is another strategy I did use before I found all the wasps that work so well on cabbage. I normally don't grow red cabbage. And if I do, I just grow a couple plants. I don't use it a lot. But what I found was if I had red cabbage there, the cabbage worms always went after the red cabbage first would I would just destroy it and the green cabbage would be fine right next to it. Um, they're saying the same thing here. If you plant blue Hubbard squash at, at like corners around your other squash plants, they'll go to those and they'll destroy those instead and leave your others alone. Wow. Interesting. So it's a diversion. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. And that's so, all on uh, Dr. E. Campbell's site, correct? Yep. Dot com. Dot com. Got it. Okay. Yeah. He actually, on on this particular article, he has a total of 16 um, natural ways to get rid of this. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I want, I want my Zookies back. Exactly. Yeah. Now this will do it. um, it. Like I said, I've been um, pretty impressed with this company's products and and then I found Sluggo. So the interesting thing is this time last year, I I had just planted Mm -hmm. a pea crop and I didn't get a single pea out of it. Slugs destroyed it. I I couldn't stop. I remember that. I remember that. I was out there every day and I had, they were, I I was back and forth between my cabbage plants and my my peas and they were just destroying it. I, I got nothing out of my whole pea crop that first time. Right now, I have a pea crop flowering. I should be getting peas in a week or two and the plants look beautiful. I have another crop, pea crop, that's about two weeks behind that one. Not a slug anywhere in sight this year. Hmm. Wow. Oh, congratulations. You've, ac- you've accomplished much. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. I'm excited about uh, the first crop of peas is always the best. They are as sweet as candy because we have these really cold nights and that's what makes gardening oh. sweet. Okay. That's why they don't taste very good in July. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. I, I will stop growing. I'll grow multiple like today. I'll probably plant my third crop of peas. I'm planting a crop Hmm. about every two weeks. So I'll have continuous peas for about two months, and then I'll just stop growing them completely, and then I'll start up again in the fall. I I won't grow them in the summer. Okay. Oh, you do in the fall, too. Yeah, I won't grow them in the summer. They don't produce as much, and what they produce is more starchy than sweet. Yeah. They're just bitter and they don't taste very good. Yeah. They just don't. I mean, you might as well go buy a frozen pea from the store because that's about what it's going to taste like. Yeah, exactly. They're usually stringy and hard. Yeah. yeah they don't, but, they just don't taste this, very good at all. This I didn't know the starch crop right now. That. I'm expecting it to be phenomenal because we, we've just had perfect weather for peas, cold nights. Um, warm, not hot days. I think uh, the plants look incredible. Uh, the only problem I have right now, um, I don't know if I've got enough pollinators. I've got to think about this today because the the pea plant, my biggest pea grouping of plants, there's probably 50 of them in a container. You can plant peas really, really close and crowd them and they still do just fine. 
is... Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, okay. You can plant seeds one inch apart. Oh, Wow. Okay, yeah. that I did not know. Yeah, one inch apart on peas, you can really crowd them. And and this this one container I've got, it's like a 30-gallon container, I think, a fabric pot. It, it's loaded, and I have got more blooms and flowers than I've ever seen, but I don't have a single pod yet. And what that means is nothing's getting pollinated. The plant's healthy, it's flowering, oh, right. it's waiting for a pollinator, um, last year I bought carpenter bees cause they're the early pollinators mm-hmm. in the spring. The problem was it was such a cold, wet spring that nothing was blooming. So all of my carpenter bees left. Um, so then I waited sure. uh, about a month from now, then you work in Mason bees and they are amazing <laughs> pollinators and then they'll pollinate the rest of the summer. But I may need to go overnight some, uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, the mason bees are the ones I should be using right now. Leaf cutters come later in the summer. So I, I'm probably oh, going to order some mason bees because I now I've got plants that need pollinated. Sure. So there's another. Did so you make your own if, homes? Then? If, 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 hold on. Go ahead. Come back to that. Here's another trick. If you have big, healthy plants and they're blooming like crazy, you're getting the buds and the flowers, but the buds drop off. They don't turn into fruit. You're missing pollinators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. What was your question? Okay. And who do you suggest to order those from? Then who do you use for that? Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to go look. I think over the years I've used two different companies and I haven't ordered yet this year. So I, I don't, I only order once a year. So I'm just not remembering who that is. I'll just have to go look up my last order and yeah. see. But it, it really. Okay. Yeah, could you post um, it on Mighty on Healthy Tribe? Yeah, I will. It, and honestly, if you didn't want to wait, I need your I, picture of your piece. Okay, figure it out and post it. All I did was look up, you know, rent or buy mason bees and leaf cutter bees. I, it, okay, it, they're pretty much the same thing. They're kind of a commodity. I mean, you could check price, and okay, some of them come with cool little houses for them. And so I, I looked at a couple well, different do. companies, okay. didn't do a ton of research, ordered some things, and they worked. Okay. When I I will tell you last summer when the, when I brought in the leaf cutter bees, which happens a little later in the summer, then the, my plants took off. I mean, all the blooms were turning into fruit. Mm, Nice. I think the statistic, I I think the statistic is something like one, one leaf cutter bee will pollinate as good as like 50 honeybees. They, it, wow. There's even a cool video. They show a honeybee when a honeybee comes to a flower. And you can even watch this in the garden. I've seen it. The The honeybee kind of stays off. It, it almost hovers like a hummingbird or it'll kind of land lightly and, and then start, you know, doing its thing, eating the nectar and the pollen and all that. The, the leaf cutter bees, they like dive bomb down into the flower and then roll around in it. And they get covered in pollen, and then they fly on to the next one. It's pretty incredible to watch. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's hilarious. They like roll around in the oh, pollen, and 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 uh, it just so that's why they're so much more effective at pollinating. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you for sharing that. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for answering all of my questions. Wow, you did an awesome job. Thank you, Kevin. You do such an amazing job. Such a blessing. Well, th- hey, by the way, are you on Twitter? 
I am not. I used to be, and then with all that junk with with I whatever, I I just everything. I and agree. so, no, I got to get back on. My husband, um, it, he's been uh, uh, encouraging me to get back on that again. Here's why I mention it, uh, and I'm going to talk about this at the end of the show and remind everybody. I'm going to do something a little impromptu today. I didn't plan this. We're not going to. We may send out a quick email. I don't know. I'm going to do a Twitter space today, and. Twitter spaces are, it's, I mean, it's kind of similar to right now. It's going to be me talking to people who are going to be talking about the same things. The difference is it's really easy to bring in like 10 speakers all at once, whether they're guests or, you know, people that are there listening. And then you can drop one speaker and bring in another one. So I'm looking at, at this being more of an open conversation. You know, with, with, let's just talk about things, not just you asking me a question and me answering. I'll do that, obviously, but I, I, I want mm-hmm. to encourage more people, especially around topics like this one, gardening. There are people listening mm-hmm. to me that know far more about gardening than I do. I, I'm fairly new at this. Now, I, it, it's just my thing. I do a lot of research. I test a lot of things and I learn things pretty quickly. So I, I've learned a lot in four years of gardening. But there are people out there with, you know, our listeners that probably have 30 years of experience gardening. And I'd love to hear from them, too. So I think that the spaces could turn into more of a kind of a fireside chat, town hall meeting kind of thing where we get more opinions and we just we just discuss stuff. Just talk about it and see what comes up. So I'm pretty sure. Well, I should just make the decision. I think I'm going to do a Twitter space at noon today. So for anybody that can make it, um, the more the merrier. That, that That's another thing. I, I want to encourage people, if you're not on Twitter, go join. That's why I'll, I'll give you, you got two hours. only takes about two minutes to join if you don't have an account. It's free. Um, you don't need to pay for the $8 for the blue check mark. Um, if you're on Twitter, drop in today. Um, the more people you have in a space, the better they work. That's the whole point. So we're going to give that a try today and... If, if everything goes right and it works pretty well, I think tomorrow I'm going to do a Twitter space on trucking topics. Today will be health topics, gardening, canning. I'd love to get some discussions cool. going about canning. And um, so that'll be today. Tomorrow will be trucking. And if, if this works and there's value in it, I just may make this a regular one hour every Wednesday and Thursday, an hour of health and an hour of trucking. Sweet. Sweet. Great idea. Hey, Kevin. Is that, is that 12 o'clock your time? Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> because that's three o'clock my time, which is the same time that we do the uh, oh, after yeah. hours for 30 minutes. That's right. We got to change that then. Um, how long are you, do you go usually? It's just 30 minutes. Okay. Then let's do it at 1230. Uh, roughly. You know, we'll, we'll give a couple minutes to transition in there or whatever. So I'll make sure people can attend both. So thank you for that. Yeah, I was I was like, wait a minute, is that? Yeah, yeah. And then Andrew reminded me. Yeah, we don't want to be competing <laughs> against each other. I love competition, but no. that, that just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> so 12.30 Pacific time on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And here's, if you're not really familiar with Twitter, if you, the first, there's two things you want to do after you sign up. Search for my name. You'll find me pretty easily. You'll see my picture. You'll know it's me. And it's Kevin Rutherford slash Let's Truck. That's how you'll find me on Twitter. Um, do two things after you find me. 
there's two buttons up near the top of when you see my profile. One will be to follow me. And if you follow me, that means the stuff I post is more likely to show up on your feed. Then there's another button you'll see right there. I think it's something with a plus sign, maybe a heart and a plus sign. I'm not sure. Uh, and when you hover over, it'll say notify. Click on that one. Now, every time I do something, either post or do a space, you'll actually get notified on Twitter that I'm doing it. Nice. And I, I just want to take this time to encourage more people to come over to Twitter. Um, we're going to be spending a lot of time on Twitter. And, and, and my role around the company is changing for a while. Um, I have so many projects in the works right now that I could spend the rest of the year on those projects with nothing new. So I'm, I'm going to try not to start anything too new right now. And most of my time is going to be on content. That's why I'm adding the Twitter spaces, um, looking at a couple other shows we might be adding. I think Twitter is a really, really important platform right now because of the whole free speech issue. Elon Musk is, I am absolutely amazed at how strong he is on this free speech issue. Like a true classic liberal should be. Um, and the big news now with Tucker Carlson going to Twitter, that this is a game changer. Um, and here's the interesting yeah. thing. Tucker Carlson's show is one of, I, I believe it might be the highest rated cable news show or cable commentary show, um, record breaking when, it, when he was on Fox. He's only made yeah. a couple of posts on Twitter and he, he blows away the numbers that he had on Fox. It's not even close. He has four and five wow. times more views of his couple little two and three minute posts on Twitter than he ever had on Fox. He's working directly with Elon Musk on this deal. And I, I think this is going to be a big deal. And, and I want to support Twitter because they're supporting free speech. And we, we have got to do this. We have got to take back these internet platforms. Yeah, that's true. So I'm encouraging all well, of my listeners, followers, everybody. Join Twitter and follow me. Even if you're not active, the numbers help me. I, I will tell you this. My numbers are growing pretty quick. I am still a tiny, tiny account on Twitter. I, have, I just broke 3,000. And there are people that have 300,000. Um, there are people that have millions, but they're really big names. But there are people you've never heard of before that have 300,000 followers on Twitter. Um, I've got about 3,000 right now. But here's what's already happening. Twitter is now a place where people go to look for information and people. I have got right now, not exaggerating, I have got seven invitations, all from Twitter to either speak or consult in the trucking industry. People and companies I've never even worked with or heard of before, and they're reaching out to me simply because of what I'm posting on Twitter. Wow. It I really it. is. I Just out of the blue. I mean, I have a... Uh, I already have a paid consulting gig at $80 an hour and they came and found me. The cool thing was they gave me this option. And I, don't, I don't know what this was all about. They reached out to me. They, this, what this company does is they find topic experts for companies that need topic experts. And they're usually completely outside of our industry, but they need to know something about our industry. 
And this company goes and finds those people and then matches them up. But when they were, when we were working through the contract and we came to the $80 an hour rate, um, she said, we have a couple options. Um, we can certainly, you know, direct deposit or, you know, just cut a check or you can send us an invoice, however you want to do it. And, and we pay you directly. She said, or if you want to, you can choose to donate your fees. And I thought, really? Um, she said, yeah. And, you know, we, we have some people that do that. And I said, yeah, I think I'm going to donate the first hour of every project. Uh, and I'm going to donate it to Tunnels and Towers, which I think is an awesome charity. But I, I thought that was really cool that that was an option. Yeah, I would say so. That is pretty neat. Yeah. So this first gig is actually a group of investors that are looking at mm -hmm. all of the new technology around brokerage and trucking and artificial intelligence, and they know nothing about trucking. Um, so I'm going to be consulting with them on a couple of projects. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting. pretty interesting. And, and again, interesting. all of this is yeah. coming from Twitter. That's so cool. You've been raving about Twitter lately and haven't gotten there yet because I just don't really see yeah, that I have. I don't can't claim that I have the bandwidth for it, but. Every time you talk about it, I'm, I feel like I get a little closer to joining. It, it, it's, it's changing every day. I mean, it really is. I avoided Twitter for over a decade. There's no way. I hated it. I thought the idea was stupid in the yeah. beginning, and I was wrong. It came to become a, a very, very powerful business and news tool. The problem was by the time I realized that, they were censoring everybody so heavily that there was no way I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's still incredible to me. We're, we are up to the point now where Elon Musk has now eliminated 90% of the employees and the company gets better every day. 90%. They're gone. What the hell were those people doing? Right? Exactly. What were they doing? <laughs> yeah. And it's still running. Probably smoother than it was. <laughs> Absolutely. Gets better every day. Tammy, anything else we can help you with today? I thank you so much for all your help. You did a wonderful job and um, I've got a lot of good stuff to go on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Let's go to Florida. Anthony, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Kevin. All right, number one, you just brought a tunnel to towers. So I'm a New York City firefighter that survived 9-11. So it's really cool that you're a good... Uh, they're going to donate to Tunnel to Towers. I, I love that organization. I think they, you know, I am very, very leery of charities. I have turned down so many charities over the years that I won't get involved with because there's too many horror stories about 70% of the money going to executive salaries and all kinds of other crazy crap. And so I, I've just avoided it. And, and I want to do things like that. And I want to use the power of our tribe to do things like that. But I've been so leery of them. Um, and the more research I did on Tunnels to Towers, the more I believe that they're the real thing. Yes, yes. And there's another one, Friends of Firefighters. And the, the, the person who runs that personally. I'll and look into that yeah, one nothing as well. Goes to exactly. I, I love those kind of charities. Yeah, friends of and, and if they're really well run, I'd mm -hmm. love to help them. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a part of Cardio Miracle. You mentioned it the other day, and you talked about uh, trace minerals. 
Now, they eliminated trace minerals from their new formulation. It just says sea salt now. I don't know if you're aware of that. Which is what we're talking about. So we get trace minerals. A lot of our best sources of trace minerals are natural salts. So like the pink Himalayan and the gray salt. that, And there's lots of different forms of salt. And usually the color is the indication of which minerals are heaviest. I've used black salt from Mm -hmm. lava rock. Uh, So that's really, when we talk about trace minerals, sometimes we might add them directly, but a lot of times we're getting a lot of trace minerals through those high quality salts. Yeah. Okay. I know when you had, um, when you had um, Joshua with the John on, they were very specific on their mineral, uh, the formulation. And then... This yeah, wasn't it, mentioned when they talked about this. Is actually this formulation is an improvement. I, I and it hasn't changed much. The flavors, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. Still, that's the whole. Um, it's less now though because I think monk fruit is less susceptible to that taste issue than stevia, and I figured out why stevia is a of the type of stevia that's used can really have an impact on that. And then there's a genetic factor when it comes to tasting that in stevia. So uh, the monk fruit has really improved that issue. And the other changes were all upgrades to the formula. Got it. So just listening to you over the past few, you're like, how many gallons of fruit do you drink a day between audio miracle and uh, bone broth and mushroom coffee and... Cairo brew, if you still drink that, you know, your bulletproof coffee, it's like, you must drink a lot of liquid a day. Well, I'll (laughs) tell you how much liquid I drink in a typical day is three of those. And I just rotate them. So it's not like just because, you know, I've mentioned Creo brew over the years and I still use Creo brew occasionally. Um, There is a card. I do one car, one big cardio miracle a day. I normally don't get to two. Sometimes in the summer, I'll do two more often. Um, And I feel better when I do. So it it will usually be three drinks throughout the day, which keeps me at a really nice hydration level. Not overhydrated. I'm not underhydrated. And then I just work in those different drinks here and there. Got it. Got it. Uh, I would say on the infrared and far infrared blank and light, clothing, doesn't clothing block the rays, the wavelengths? Some of them. So I do prefer to do all of my infrared therapy naked. Um, they, we have the uh, experience kit, they call it, for the blanket, which gives you that sock that you get in inside um, and it absorbs all the sweat and so you don't have to have clothes on. Clothes do not block the infrared part of the spectrum. It penetrates all kinds of stuff. The visible light can be blocked. The Maihai doesn't have any visible light. Yeah, but the sauna space was, sauna right? Space does, that would right. have visible light. Again, some penetrates, some doesn't. Depends on the clothing and a lot of other things. So I prefer when I'm using any of these products to make sure I have as much skin as exposed as possible. Right. Absolutely. Do you have a device that measures the wavelength so you can make sure your lights are putting out the right wavelength and also the flickerness of the wavelength of the light? I do not. Do you have a, 
I've thought about it, but for the most part, you know, if we stick with sauna space, they do so much testing. I don't know if I would bother. If I ever decide to look at other products, which I, 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 I'm not going to say I won't, but right now sauna space covers that area so well. And we like the My High Blanket that I don't have any plans on looking at any other products unless somebody comes out with something really unique that makes sense. And I haven't seen anything. So um, I, I don't know that I would, would do the testing because I'm pretty confident of all the testing sauna space does. So if those bulbs or those lights or whatever, they wear it down or wear it, they're just going to go out. But some you can't see because it's, it's not visible light. So how do you know if it's still working? I don't know. But some of them have multiple bulbs, start losing some of the bulbs and not know, not know. Yeah, I don't know. I, so I never that's really thought about it. You're really the first person I've really heard bring this up. So I, I made some notes. And uh, next time I talk to Brian, I'll ask him if that's something we should be considering. So can I talk about your dog for a second? In Oregon, what vaccines are required? Like here in Florida, you need to have rabies for your dog. What's required in in uh, rabies, Oregon. rabies is pretty common to be. Re- Here's the thing. They can require all they want. I mean, I don't know how much has changed when when I had dogs growing up, obviously, when I was a kid. So I wasn't making these decisions. Our dog never went to a vet ever, never got a single shot, never got a vaccine. We bought a dog and we raised the dog. It wasn't like there were dog catchers all over the place looking for rabies tags. So it was never, ever an issue. And our dogs never went to the vet ever. Um, I, I would probably right. raise my dog that way. Lisa's a little more uh, responsible, I guess, in some of those things. So uh, Diesel has the required shots and nothing more. Um, when they're puppies, I think Parvo's probably worth it. I, I haven't I gone. I know there's natural. You know, I, I like I said, I used to believe in some vaccines for humans, and I'm not sure that I do anymore. So my opinion on this whole mm-hmm. issue could change. I was just like, because here in Florida, the sheriff's office, they'll, they'll remind you that you need to have your, you know, if you don't vaccinate you, you know, renew it with the rabies vaccine, they'll come by. So it seems like we have to do that every, every three years, depending on what shot you got. But was there like a, nat- was a, rem- not a, re- a treatment to use to offset the vaccine or the side effects? If there is side effects, hopefully side effects. So I was just wondering what you use for your dog, natural remedy, the way you went to look for natural remedies to offset any anything so, you might be exposed to. So just like with our bodies, I really try to do this with food and not supplements. So Diesel Eats are raw, um, mostly meat diet, mostly organ meats. That's that's 90. Okay, ditto. What's that? Mm-hmm. I said ditto. I noticed when we changed our dog yeah. after they were a year yeah. old, they went to raw. Yeah. And so my neurologist cleared up. They don't smell. They don't smell anymore. You know, they have a, they just, they, they're driving. Diesel's kind of an incredible dog anyway. I call him self cleaning. Diesel never gets dirty. And when he does, 15 minutes later, he will be clean again. Uh, it His fur is just yeah. incredible. <laughs> it doesn't hold dirt at all. The other thing about Diesel, he smells good all the time. Like, Good. Yep. Like you want to smell him. He smells so good. His fur and everything. So I just think those are those are good signs. So we focus on keeping him healthy through diet. And, you know, he gets his activity with me and he gardens with me all the time. And 
Um, I, I think that's enough to probably offset the little bit of vaccination and some other things we've done. Yep. All right. I'm on that same path. All right. I have one question on. Um, and, and the other thing we give them occasionally, we have some really cool products in the store, some CBD products for dogs. CBD's helped him a lot. He does have some anxiety when we travel um, and CBD helps mm-hmm. with that. So some of the CBD products we add as supplements. I, it, to me, that's almost, you know, this whole thing about CBD and how human beings, it's the largest receptor system in our body and we produce those same cannabinoids. Um, I haven't done the research yet, but my guess is it's going to be likely that dogs have the same similar system. We didn't know about the human cannabinoid receptor system until about a decade ago. It's really new. Okay. All right. Just getting your take on that. Um, in 2011 or 12, I called you because I was looking to get an RV. And, um, and we talked about different types of RVs. And we ended up getting a, 2000, a leftover 2007-8 Columbia Freightliner with a Mercedes-Benz engine in it. Oh, boy. And it had... Uh, 100, had 100 miles on it. Yes, you, that's what you told me back then. But for the amount that I was in it, so now in 2023, I have 95,000 miles on it. And I haven't had any problems with it. Oh, good. I used the max miles just, since you started running it, the max miles. And it's been to Pittsburgh Power for the two, not a two, just for the overhead and uh, the dampener in the front. And yeah. I noticed the difference. Even though it has very little on it. I think it, so I do listen and take your advice. But now that it's that old and 95, miles on it do the fuel lines need to be changed like what would be next to change it does maybe 10,000 miles a year, 5,000 miles to 10,000 miles a year and it goes out every month to get our fuel because I have a fuel card so I fill up the tanks in there and then I fill up my diesel uh, vehicle off the tank you know so it does get exercise <clears throat> I'm paying 40 50 cents plus a gallon I, I, I have take a fuel a- card and at the I, I take a very different approach to the maintenance on my coach just because it's so expensive and so time consuming. Um, something like fuel lines, which we talk about always replacing on a truck around six or 700,000 miles. Um, my coach is, what, it's an 07, uh, you know, 15 years old now, hundred almost 200,000 miles. I haven't replaced the fuel lines and I have no plans to. I will wait until I know it's okay. an issue. On a truck, I will do it before it's an issue. On the coach, I'm just going to wait till it's an issue. Yeah, because you're using that also for your revenue, for your, your livelihood. You exactly. want to do right. Yeah. And, and I can't afford a breakdown on a truck. And, and I don't want to have a breakdown on a coach. But typically, when fuel lines start to go bad, it's not a breakdown that you're on the side of the road. You just get some performance issues okay. and some fuel mileage issues, maybe a little hard starting. If I were to experience anything that I believed was fuel line related, then I would just go replace them. But if, if I don't have any issues, I'm just going to leave it. And I do that with a lot of the maintenance. You could spend, uh, again, these aren't revenue generating machines. These are nothing but pure expense. So I, I, I don't take the same approach I do on my trucks. So since you've been at Max Miles, I never had a region. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't have, I, I'm, I was one year away from the, the DPF and the regens, but I do use the, um, the catalyst and it helped tremendously 
I was to the point where every time you started mine up, you'd get five minutes of white smoke and that's gone. Do you know what the wheel alignment principles that are used for the big trucks? You could use that on the car, on your uh, car. The the only person that measure. the only person that touches my coach for alignments is Chad. Okay. Exact same. Pr- now, I, now when Chad climbed under there, um, I think the first time he looked at my coach, he might have called Mike. I can't remember for sure. Some of the coaches have some really unusual suspension systems. Country Coach is one of them because they build their own chassis. A lot of companies use Freightliner chassis, and there's a couple other chassis on the market, mm-hmm. but Country Coach builds their own chassis. Yeah, and their uh, suspension and alignment was a little odd, but um, if anybody was going to figure out and get it right, it would be somebody from MD Alignment, and I Chad's just amazing. Yeah, I spoke to Mike. I bought his book, and he helped me out with my my coach there, and it works fine. You know, whatever he told me to do. I was just wondering. I, I could call them, but I was just wondering: could you still do that on a car? Are you able to measure and put the duct tape and roll it, and if it will work on a car? How many yeah. re- you regular auto? You know, it's hard to say there are cars now with proprietary systems, and but for the most part, in general, uh, yes, so, the, the, uh, it's all the uh, same concept. The nineties. All the same concepts. Okay. Yeah, not, not newer cars. All right. I think that's all I have for you. All right. That's all we need. Thanks for the call. Let's, uh, you know what? I'm going to turn off calls. We have two to take. Um, I need to wrap these up. I've got I've got a conference call at 11, and I'm going to try to do the uh, uh, Twitter live at 1230. So I've got a busy day still, so I need to get on with it here. The conference call I have today Uh, And I may even have two waiting to hear back on one. Both of these are inquiries that I got from Twitter again. Let's uh, let's go to Illinois. Scott, welcome to the program. Hello. hello. Uh, First start off with, I'm very thankful for you guys. Uh, Thankful that what you're saying has made my life healthier. Excellent. Um, Good. But I want to start off. Yeah. Thank you guys. Tremendously. I'm glad Lauren come aboard with you, too. Um, I want to start off. The the guest you had on earlier, um, I jumped on and started listening late. I I got busy. I'm closing up. I've been putting exhaust manifold in my truck and just took it down the road for a test run, and I forgot to turn you guys on. So I caught the very end of your your program there, and you was talking about uh, sleeping and, and breathing, the right way to breathe and sleep, and um, I found what has helped me when I, when I lay down, I get, can my, my, I get stuffy in my nose. So I started using some nasal spray and I know you guys talked before about taping your mouth and that I always woke up before, uh, with a dry throat. I was horrible. Um, but since I lost my way, my wife says I don't snore as much, but I still wake up with a dry mouth. When I started using a nasal spray where I could breathe better through my nose, I never wake up with a dry mouth now. So most of my breathing, I think I start breathing through my nose because of the congestion maybe in my sinuses. Now that the yeah. sinuses aren't there or the issues aren't there, I'm breathing through my nose now. Um, and my wife says I rarely snore. What, what's your opinion uh, about using nasal spray like that? Um, I think it's a horrible idea. I think that there are better ones, but most of them are horrible as well. 
Um, there are a lot of chemicals. They can become addictive. Um, I've known people who get to the point where they can't breathe without them and it becomes constant use and that's tough to get away from. So I, I am not a fan of this. Occasionally, maybe using just a saline spray um, will help some mm-hmm. and not nearly as destructive. I, I, I would not be using any of those products. Yeah. Do you know, have you tried those? Um, they're like wire band-aids that they go over your nose and they open up your passageways. I've seen those, and I have considered that. Yes, that's kind of like a band-aid. That's yep, that, that, that's yeah, a great those are solution. Great. Um, breathe those, right. Those were great, and then my my husband even started dabbing. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is for everyone, but he it doesn't bother him. He dabs a little bit. Um, it's similar to Tiger Balm, and he just puts his finger in it right before bed and puts it like on the. I don't know if he does it on his upper lip or the you know like right under his nostrils or on his nose where the nostrils are. And he finds that that seems to help him quite a bit as well. I haven't, I haven't really tried that myself, but those are two. Tiger bomb. Yeah. Tiger bomb is, um, I think tiger bomb's all natural. Isn't it, Kevin? I'm not sure. I'd have to go look. I'm not very familiar with it. Yeah. Tiger bomb is, is a version of it. Um, I have a natural version of, of a tiger bomb that I got from a, a health food store. But essentially, it has a bunch of different herbs in it that really open up. It, they like it dilates the the passageways, like your your nasal passageways. And so we also find that things like that are much more are helpful. But I'd ra- I agree with Kevin. I wouldn't be reliant upon a nasal spray every day, even if it is you know just correct um like a saline yeah i wouldn't use saline every day i would use it once in a while when you had maybe a little bit of a cold or some allergies and and really congested i would even use saline sparingly i wouldn't use any of the other stuff ever Hmm. and i would add the breathe right i've used breathe right strips they help a lot okay i'm gonna have to look into that i i thought about maybe getting like you said, depending on it. So I actually got off of it. I quit use. I told my wife that, you know, I wonder if this stuff is addicting because I'm getting to where I have to use it every night. It, it's absolutely and addicting. I, yeah, I, I suffer, kind of suffered through it there for about two weeks. Yep. And I, every morning I'd wake up with a dry throat and, uh, I started back using it again. And, and I never had that problem before getting stuffy while I laid down. It just seemed so like in the last year. Here's something else you should try, especially this time of year. Right now, the pollen is horrendous just about everywhere. Um, one of the supplements yep. we have in the store, Histoplex, works wonders. And it's nothing but nutrients like all of our supplements, all Histoplexes really beneficial for this. I I will take histoplex usually twice a year, spring and fall. I'm out in the garden constantly and that pollen is an irritant to us. It just is. Um, right. the, the histoplex right. really helps moderate that a lot. The other thing I, I have on my list to do, I just can't do it right now, is I am going to go through a combination of things like the breathe right strips and mouth taping to see if I can retrain myself to breathe better while I sleep and breathe better during the day. The reason I'm not doing it yet, I 
have the same issue that I always talk about when we're testing fuel mileage stuff. There are certain times of the year I won't test fuel mileage because too much is changing. And it's right now. The weather is changing too much to get accurate numbers on fuel mileage. I've discovered the same things happening for me. In the wintertime, I'm very inactive. I spend a lot of time reading and doing research and, and work, work where I'm staring at a screen for 12 hours a day and hardly moving. Summer comes the exact opposite. I'm moving nonstop for 12 hours out in the garden. And what it does is it skews all my numbers. My HRV in the last two weeks, even though I've done nothing on my stress protocol, my HRV gained 12 points in the last two weeks. It's just because of how active I am in all the sunshine and the fresh air and the grounding and digging in the soil and the activity and, and all of those things. So I won't test anything right now. My numbers would all be skewed. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to get off of it. I, I, I didn't figure it would be good for me. So it's not, I'm going to try those nasal strips. Yeah. Okay. And one other thing, um, the caller, a couple of callers ago, I uh, was talking about, um, different salts and things like that. And I give you a little, a little story to go along, a quick, try to make it quick as I can. I, I've been on, I've been listening to you for now a year and a half probably. And, and within the first year, I lost 50 pounds. Um, I'm able to walk now without pulling myself upstairs or, you know, holding onto the rails to let myself to go down the stairs. Now it's, it's been fantastic. But, um, I got off my diet. Um, I, I work in road construction. I'm off in the wintertime. So I spend the whole winter ice fishing. And uh, because where I live in Illinois, we didn't hardly have any ice this year. So I traveled. I went to Wisconsin, Minnesota multiple times ice fishing. And um, then I was traveling to the south and Tennessee and Missouri for fishing shows. That's, that's my time to run and go and do whatever. So I got off my diet doing my running for like three, two and a half, three months. And when I came home from Knoxville, Tennessee from a show, I had a issue. I, I wasn't feeling right. I knew something was wrong. So I went to ER and my blood pressure was out of this world, I guess. Um, and I'd been off my blood pressure medicine. I, went, I had two different meds I, were, I was taking in before I went on your, the diet that you recommend, the carnivore-ish. Um, and I got off of them because my blood pressure was getting low. And uh, I was off of them for a year before this happened. But So they told me that, uh, well, they like to kill me at the hospital because they gave me a bunch of stuff and I got a real allergic reaction to it. And, of course, I, I woke up with my wife by my side. She wasn't even there before, so I don't know how long I was out. But anyway, um, we got on the diet thing, and, and, I, and I told him that I'd gotten off my diet. He, he wanted to know what kind of diet, and, and I, I was talking to him about it. He said, you got to get off the salt. Salt's what done this. Well, so I, I agree. A lot of food I was eating probably had salt in it. And I said, when I get back, I'm going to get back on my diet, and I'm, the only thing I'm going to use is uh, Himalayan salt. And it's like... What's that? I said, well, it's just a you know better form of salt. Right. I don't eat the table salt. And he said, well, salt is salt. If you don't get off all salt, it, you're going to die. Oh well, what? I about almost salt blowed up on him. Uh, that. Uh, <laughs> what about unbelievable? The salt in your IV in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, I almost blowed up on him, and I held myself back. Um, Twenty years ago, I'd probably punched him in the face, but. Yeah. I just, I held back and, and I turned out, I just looked away from him because right. I knew that 
I was going to lose it. Yeah. Um, uh, I just let it go. And then, of course, they admitted me. I was in the hospital for overnight observation. So the next day, another doctor came in, was talking to me. He says, I hear you, you eat salt. I was like, yeah. She says, I'm telling you right now, if you don't quit eating salt, you are going to die. Oh, my God. Right in my face, she told me that. Unbelievable. Yep. That's sick. It really so is. That I just is thought I'd sick. throw that in. Yeah. So um, I, I still eat my Himalayan salt uh, now, but I'm back on my diet, um, feeling good. Good, good. And I'm still losing, a, you know, a pound or two a week. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, Scott, got to cut you loose. I'm looking at the clock. I got to get to this last call, and then I have got to move on with my day. Uh, let's go to Arkansas to wrap up today. Steve, you get the final word. Good, Kevin. Good. What's on your mind today? I, I was trying to figure out my skin is getting worse. You know, I'm 52 years old. My skin gets worse. You just rub up against something other and it's starting to bruise up. You know, get that old man's skin. Tell me about is your there diet. Something you can take the. I've been doing the keto. For about a year. Okay, clean, and dirty. Yeah, probably sometimes clean, sometimes a little dirty. The first thing we got to do is work always, always, always work towards making it a little cleaner every week. There's all kinds of strategies we can use to do that, so you've got to start cleaning that up a little bit. Um, are you drinking bone broth? Try that. Make it an everyday drink. Yeah, if you want bone to make broth. your own bone broth at home, that's awesome. It can be a lot of work, and then you got to you got to really, if you're going to take bone broth on the truck, you need to can it. So you got to make it and then can it. Um, that would be your best option, hands down. I love when people make their own and you start with grass-fed bones and roast them, and you know go through that whole process. That would be the best. If not, the second best is the powder we have in the store. It's high quality. It's absolutely, you know, the same quality I would make myself, but it's powder. You walk into any truck stop, put it in a cup with some hot water, and you've got your bone broth for the day. Um, so I would start on uh, at least 12 ounces of bone broth every day. Um, are you doing NDK coffee? What? Uh, NDK coffee. Do you drink coffee in the morning? Oh, yeah, I drink oh. Yeah, which is fine. I, I, we could talk about the quality of the coffee, but I'm not too concerned about that. NDK coffee is kind of a supplement. We, we took it from Bulletproof Coffee, which Dave Asprey uh, created, and we kind of upped the game. We used that morning coffee to get in a lot of our supplements because it's easy and you don't forget it. And one of the supplements we can add is collagen. And collagen and bone broth, which is loaded with collagen and gelatin, that's what's really going to help the health of your skin. Okay. And then you want to get outside um, as close to solar noon as possible um, every day, if you can, as often as you can, and expose as much skin as you can for about 20 to 30 minutes to the sun. Yeah, the well, sun home, does not damage well our skin like they've told us. That that would be so insane. Uh, Think about it. We were born on a planet and we were exposed to sunlight virtually all the time that it was shining. We lived outside and we were outrageously healthy then. And now we somehow believe that it's harmful to go out in the sun. 
Yeah, something interesting. But I am the ultimate in sunburn. It, after wintertime, I am fish belly white. I'm Scottish and Irish. And I yeah, have too. suffered with sunburns my whole life. It's been a big issue for me. Now, I don't suffer from sunburns anymore. Now, I'm sure I could. I'm sure if I did something stupid, like go out in the early part of the spring when I'm not accustomed to it, try spending eight hours out there with no clothes, that I would get burnt. I'm positive of it. But I am so much more tolerant of the sun now. And I did make a mistake the other day. I wasn't wearing the hat that I normally wear. And I walked in the house and Lisa looked at me and she said, you have got a horrible sunburn on your neck. And I looked at it and I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna be in so much pain tonight. Almost none. I put a little bit of sovereign silver on it, which was pretty incredible, and had virtually no pain. I got, I got thinking back. Had I done that before I changed the way I ate, I could have been in the emergency room with blisters. It's a nutritional thing. Now, I'm not saying I can go out and handle, handle sun like a dark-skinned person could, but I can handle sun now about four or five times better than I've ever been able to in my life. In fact, I won't get a lot. I'll get a little bit darker but I can get enough of a tan now that it's completely protective, that I can go out and spend three and four hours in the sun with no sunscreen and I won't burn. I just have to ease my way into it. I've never been able to do that. Yeah, so is it, it, up your nutrition. Let's get some collagen and some gelatin in the, in the daily diet and then get outside and get that sun. I got one more question for you. All right. You talking about gardening and all that? We got a real bad problem with fire ants. Is there a way of getting rid of them things that you know of, other than calling the exterminator out? Or no. I, again, I lived in Florida for 14 years, and I attempted a garden several years, and I fought with fire ants. But yeah, back then I wasn't into doing the kind of research I do today. On the garden, I wasn't. On other things, I was. But. Uh, I, I'll I'll make a note and I'll go look. Um, I, nothing I'm aware of right now. Well, I got one more question. All right. On my on a W nine hundred, I have I've been having problems with my right fuel tank keeps lower than my okay. driver's side fuel uh, tank. You don't I, you don't I've need to tell me anymore. You, you don't need to tell me anymore. Um, this is one of those problems that we have found about thirty different reasons that it happens. It's not easy to troubleshoot these. Sometimes it can be really easy. We look at vents first and make sure your vents are clear. That's one of the most common problems here. We can change crossovers. Yeah, they're open. Um, we can replace fuel lines. A lot of times that'll fix it. How many miles are on this truck? Oh, it's got a million two hundred. If you haven't replaced the fuel lines completely in the last 600,000 miles, I would do it now. That may solve the problem. Um, we have gotten to the point where we actually, because there's two ways this can happen. You can be drawing too much from that tank or not returning enough. One of the things that we've done is put a ball valve in the line and you just play around with that ball valve, either opening or closing it a little bit more and you kind of regulate that flow yourself. Now that's not a that's not a good fix. We're just fixing the symptom because we can't find the problem sometimes. 
So there have been times where we've used this hack just so you don't have to deal with that all the time. Most of the time we can fix it, but there are so many different reasons for this. You just have to start a troubleshooting tree and work your way through it. <laughs> Replace the lad. I have my bent all boat out and all that. It's, yeah, it's been a headache. Yeah, if we try everything else we know and we can't fix it, then we go to the hack and we put that adjustable valve in there and you just play around with that valve till you get it so that it works. All right, Lauren, I've got to wrap this up. Anything you want to close with? Uh, just a reminder to join me today at 3 Eastern time to hear about the importance of breath. And we will actually talk a little bit about mouth breathing versus nose breathing oh. as well as, yes. I just checked my, I always check notes with Lisa and the team before I close because a lot of times they're sending me texts the whole show and I'm not paying attention to them because I'm talking. Lisa had an awesome question. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, what's that? Well, um, Trina talked about bad breath being that indicator that we've got bad bacteria. Um, one of the things yeah. we, we need to clarify on that is the bad breath caused by ketosis. Oh, That's yes. a really good point. I wish I would have seen that when Trina was on here still, but I, I think I know the answer here. You just have to be able to distinguish between the two. And there is a way. They smell very different. They're both bad, really bad. Um, the The issue with the, the odor in ketosis is not coming from your mouth. It's coming from your lungs. Your body is expelling acetone. Acetone is one of the ketones in our body. We actually have three different ketones in our body. Uh, Beta-hydroxybutyrate, beta acetone, and I always forget the third. Uh, so we're expelling acetone out of our lungs through our breath. Um, and we call it keto breath, and it can be pretty horrendous at times. But that's not the same as bad breath from bacteria. And you can have both. So you, you got to kind of learn to distinguish between the two. And you'll notice if you start using this kit every, twice a day that it will change. If you've got bacteria causing bad breath, that will improve in weeks. And you, I, there's no way I know of to improve the keto breath. Yeah, I don't think you can from what I understand. No, I, I've got it right now. I can tell. I can taste it when when I'm expelling a lot of ketones. There you go. All right. We are going to wrap this up. Let me make sure I talked about all the things I was supposed to talk about. My God, everybody was sending me texts here. What is going on? Um, <laughs> I better check. Oh, everybody was warning me that I was scheduling my time at the same time you were. So we fixed oh. that. <laughs> well, that's helpful. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, Sarah sent me an awesome recommendation for somebody to talk to about pets and vaccinations. Great. Hmm. Looks like I do have another project I've got to work on. I like that, though. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. Head on over to the store, get the kits. It's, we may well sell out of them. If we do, we'll work to get them back in. But uh, head on over. I think it's going to be a really, really popular item. And this is something you're going to buy occasionally. You, you replace this kit. It is expendable. So uh, get on over there, try it. I want feedback. I want to hear as much as I can. So uh, drop me a line wherever or call me. All right. Don't forget 12 o'clock today. Join Lauren. Immediately after Lauren's done, I'll be starting up on Twitter. So we're all over the board today. 
Um, come on out and support us and join us. We'll see you then. We'll see you back here tomorrow for a free-for-all. Tomorrow, I'll let you know what we've got going on for Friday. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.